Welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode 113 As always, you can check this podcast out on SoundCloud YouTube, now on Spotify Also, iTunes, Google Play Um send questions to dojo talk podcast at yahoo.com and hit me up on twitter at serial sensei you can hit us up on facebook at the dojo talk podcast facebook page and just a quick backtrack if you're on itunes please rate subscribe leave reviews say nice things um it helps out a lot so now that we got that out the way as always i'm joined with my co-host antaku what's going on man uh it's it's good it's good I've been home for like 30 hours now, so we're good. <laughs> I've been to work twice, so it's good. <laughs> how, 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 was, how was Cali? It was great. Um, uh, I, I spent like, I was there for like four days. I spent the first day just like, like not doing anything. Like my brother had to go to work, and I was like, I'm not going to walk around San Francisco by myself. <laughs> and then we got up early the next day, and that's the exact same thing I did. For And, um, you know, he joined me for the last two days, but, like, it, it was basically, I, I did, I went inside basically nothing but, like, an In-N-Out and a pizza place for, like, four days. Like, it was me outside from basically, like, 9 o'clock in the morning till like, five or six in the afternoon just walking and looking at stuff hey man being being an adventurer yeah so i i, got, I walked like 20 miles my calves hurt like hell <laughs> but it was fun it's great hey man you you got out of this east coast this weather is out of control yeah it is i came back and it was hella cold it was, it was like why did i leave that's what i got you guys, depending on what side of the country you live on, like maybe you don't, you know, experience winter like we do. But um, it was sixty up... degrees there, and the guy in the store, uh, in the cafe, I was, I was like, "Hey, man, you all right walking around without a coat?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, bro, we're, we 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 experienced the real winters yeah. <laughs> over here." It was twenty-seven degrees this morning, and I woke up with frost on my car, and I was very angry. <sighs> yeah. Not. I'm over it. Yeah, it's just trash. It's just super <clears throat> trash. But, Wake me when April comes. Right, word. <laughs> but glad, glad you had fun in Cali. I gotta make it out there one day. I just hate flying, so I don't know how that's gonna work. But, um, you can always break out the Winnebago. <sighs> take that. Uh, get you an RV and just take that trip yeah. across the great old, you know. I'm definitely making a documentary if I do that. <laughs> a long documentary. A lo- it'd be probably boring, but it's just one long ass like a uh, windshield shot of me driving <laughs> to the center of the country. <laughs> My facial expression never changes. 
I have the same just stern, angry face <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> but no, I gotta make I gotta make it out to Cali, man. That's the only. See, I want to know if anybody's ever tried to like Twitch stream their road trip. That'd be. Hilarious. I've never thought. See, I, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't taken a road trip. Well, most of the road trips that I go on, I I'm not the one driving. Like any time I go with my dad, he normally drives. Yeah, no, I, I I'm not about that. I hate driving. I hate it so much. One day, one day I'll make it out the West Coast. That's like the only part of the country. I've been in a few spots on the East Coast. I've been down South. have not made it out West yet. And I can't use it completely ignored the Midwest. Like, it I'm, doesn't I'm, matter. I mean, I don't... Uh, I mean... <laughs> no, I know I can't say that. Uh, Chicago looks... My stepbrother went to Chicago for, like, one of his vacations. And he stayed downtown. And it actually did look really nice. And I want to try their pizza to see if it's everything they say it is. It's just a pie. See, like, I, I, like actual pie. <laughs> I, I have to confirm this to see if they got the leg up on New York. Because right now, I think New York's killing it. Uh, I like New York pizza. I can definitely say that. So I, I don't know how Chicago's going to stack up. But uh, speaking of cities, top cities of the week, uh, listeners, number one, Brooklyn, New York. Number two, Mexico City, Mexico. Number three, Los Angeles, California. Number four, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And coming in at number five, very randomly, Istanbul, Turkey. So, shout-outs to Istanbul, Turkey. Um, so, those are the listeners for the week. As always, thank the uh, Tumblr people, Twitter people, and whoever in Istanbul, Turkey is listening. We appreciate you. Um... So I have a bunch of news and notes to get to, but before we get to that, uh, real quick, I have to let off a shout out and kind of a like a mini uh, announcement. Uh, so one of the podcasts that I listen to uh, for sports, um, non MMA related sports, you know, basketball, football, uh, all that other stuff. Uh, podcast called Technical Foul. Actually, speaking of the Midwest, they are based in Wisconsin. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, I've, I've been listening to this podcast for a while. Um, I interact with them a lot, like on social media and their Facebook groups. Um, and they know that I'm a huge, you know, combat sports nerd, all that good stuff. So they reached out to me. Um, they actually reached out to me a, a while ago, back when. Brock was about to come back, and that was almost a thing, but he ended up signing with the WWE again. Um, yep, because but, Roman Reigns got leukemia again. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, they, they reached out to me again, um, and just pretty much, you know, asked me that I want to, you know, contribute to their site, and I was like, cool, because I listen to them all the time, um, so this this will give me a chance to write articles, so if you want to see me uh, in, in my, my, my journalist form, so to speak, still a rookie, trying trying to get used to this. I haven't written any MMA articles in a long time before they reached out to me to do this. But um, I'll be uh, on their website, and Technical File is spelled T-E-C-K, um, Technical File. Um, you can look on technicalfile.com, and you can see their website, listen to their podcast. It actually is really hilarious and awesome. Um, but I'll be covering um, mostly mostly UFC pay-per-views for them, so I won't be doing like the fight night cards because um, they're just they're too many that, UFC that, that's cards. That's a full-time job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's you know 
pay pay per views is is enough. It'll it'll give me a, some breaks a, a little bit in between. Um, so I actually did do a write up for UFC 231, which obviously already passed by the time you guys are hearing this. Um, but I, I wrote that up like real quick on like a couple days notice. Um, so I'll be doing another one uh, for them for the uh, John Jones and uh, Gustafson fight. Um, so give them a listen. I'll leave a link to their podcast and website below. So give them a listen if you like uh, basketball, football. Um, they also cover wrestling. They also cover baseball. Um, talk about a little bit of soccer um, sometimes also. So if that interests you, man, give give Technical File a listen. And I'll be doing uh, articles for them for pay-per-views. Uh, just kind of doing like overviews of the card before they start. Still kind of figuring out like how I'm going to format it from here on out. Because this, this, the first one was kind of on a whim. But um, shout out to Technical File, man. That was really, really cool partnering up with them. So that'll be something in the future. You know, we can hopefully get fans from their podcast. Maybe they'll get some from ours. Vice versa. So what you're saying is we're going to steal their fans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're, high, we're borrowing. We're sharing fans. We're, we're sharing fans. Well, I'm I'm for upright theft. <laughs> well, we're outnumbered. There's four of them, two of us. Now, I want to go back to something you said uh, at the beginning of your whole cell. There is Wisconsin part of the Midwest, or, or just all the all the states that don't border an ocean, just part of the Midwest. Is that the thing now? I mean, all right, hold on, because I'm I'm very um geographically challenged. So let me uh let me bring up a map. Official. I, I always assumed that Wisconsin was a part of the Midwest, but to be honest, I never really. You're, you're kind of right. We do just kind of lump any state that's not like California, Oregon, Washington, or like <laughs> if if you're like. Not that far over, we just kind of lump you into the Midwest, and that, that might be incorrect. Like, I'm looking at an unofficial official... I will get the Wikipedia Midwestern United States. It counts, but at the same time, I'm just like, hmm. So you're telling me, like, Colorado and them don't count? They're part of, like, the actual West? So, like, you got Denver mm. rappers who are, like, West Coast motherfuckers? <laughs> ah, you know what? You're kind of right, because... Like, I, I mean, I want to know what I want to know what groups this. It's it's west of us, but it's not. Is it Midwest? Because if this is Midwest, then you would have to consider. Well, I guess you know Nevada is West Coast, as is. <laughs> well, hold on, is Utah West Coast? Apparently. So I guess everything from like Wyoming, Colorado. Well, see, you can't cut Texas in the south. You know what? If you pull up, a, if you pull up a map, this is a random side tangent. I feel like the Midwest is Colorado, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois. Like everything in that block, moving like upward, <laughs> is is I guess Midwest. See what, I, what I'm confused about is why is it called the Midwest, not just like center, or you know yeah, anything like that. That's kind of trash. Because, like, there's no Mideast. There's the Mid-Atlantic, but there's no Mideast. I feel like if you call them the center, people would just... I mean, there is a Middle East, but it's just in... It's in, it's in Asia. Right. 
Do they call themselves Midwest? You know what? I need to ask them. Is, do they consider themselves? Uh, I would assume so, because Chicago's pretty much the Midwest, and they, you know, they're they're pretty much neighbors. So, I mean, I'm neighbors to New York. It doesn't make me a New Yorker. Mm, I'll have to inquire. We'll uh, we'll, we'll find out what what is Wisconsin consider themselves. I, I think they're Midwest, but um, I'm, I'm I'm geographically challenged, so I'm, I'm probably the last person. <laughs> who should be answering this but shout out to technical foul man um looking forward to uh, doing articles for them in the future and you guys will be able to to read them and all that good stuff so now that we got that out the way um there are a lot of news and notes and shenanigans and things that have happened uh since we recorded some of these news just broke uh today yeah like, literally like thank today. god we did thank god I was in California, and we didn't record on Sunday because we would miss some big-ass news. Yeah, we would have missed a lot. Um, I guess real quick, before I get into the news, I want to highlight quick fights because I won't do these in my shout-outs. Uh, quick mentions of fights you guys should go watch. K1 had a card this week. You know what? I don't know when that card was, to be honest. It was on the 8th. There we go. <laughs> so that would be Friday, I think? Friday or Saturday? Yeah, it was. Saturday. I know it was. It was between Friday and Saturday, but oh, I know, know I did. I did watch it. Was it, probably like sa- it was probably um Saturday there, Sunday here. Okay. Or, yeah, that makes sense because I didn't watch it until Sunday there or Saturday here. I don't know what. Because I did, I don't think I watched the fight until like Sunday evening. Um, but anywho, um, K one had a card. There were two really good fights you guys should watch. Uh, one was Rukia Anpo versus uh Hideki Yamasaki. It was a really awesome back and forth fight. And the main event of that car was Takaru uh, versus Koji. Another really awesome fight. Go go watch those. Um, they're on YouTube, but they're in Japanese. I mean, like, actual, the text is in Japanese. So I, I don't know how you'll find it. Um, if I can remember, I'll post them on the Dojo Talk Facebook page. Um, so go go watch those fights. Those were two really, really, really good fights. And um, also, I guess before we start the news... Uh, HBO had their last card on, I think that was the 7th, I want to say. That, that was on Saturday. Saturday? Eight, so. Yeah, so, um, you know, the the card, who, who was on the card? I know Clarissa Shields was on the card. And um, uh, Cecilia Breakhouse. Breakhouse, yeah, she, Cecilia was, she main evented, right? Yes. So, I didn't watch the card. I heard most of the matches were pretty lopsided, like, uh, Cecilia Breakhouse beat the brakes off whoever she fought and Clarissa Shields just kind of cruised to a, a decision over whoever she uh she she put pause on um but no it was just kind of wild like HBO has pretty much been like synonymous with with boxing for a long time and after what is this 40 plus years I want to say mm-hmm. um like, it's just, it's gone. Like, just like that, it's just over. And, like, for people who maybe didn't watch boxing or, like, aren't familiar with their history, just, just some of the fights, and shout-outs, because I'm reading this uh, article, uh, Dan Raphael recalls the best of HBO boxing, and this is on ESPN, so you can kind of get a history of, like, a lot of the fights that were on HBO. Um, just a few, and, uh, like, a lot of these are classics, man. Uh, Buster Douglas and Tyson... Uh, Marvin Hagler and Hitman Hearns, Riddick Bowe and um, Evander Holyfield, 
um, Anthony Joshua and was that Klitschko, I think, was on HBO, or Lennox Lewis and Lennox Lewis and Vitaly Klitschko, um, man, Manny Pacquiao and Cotto, like, if you just look at this list, like, I could keep going on and on, like, just the names alone, like, Lennox Lewis, Miguel Cotto, George Foreman, Tyson, Paul Williams, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez, Hasim Rachman, like, names on names on names, Bernard Hopkins, Larry Holm, Floyd Mayweather, Ricky Hatton, like, HBO has housed a lot of really good and just, like, classic boxing matches that'll, you know, pretty much go down in history, so there's a lot of, just a lot of rich history there, and this weekend, that's kind of just, it's just over, like, it's just, the, the, the Thanos snap, <laughs> like, it's just, it's gone, um, Yep. So it's it's kind kind of bittersweet, and I kind of feel for like the people that work there because of if you've worked ever in like an environment like that, maybe like a TV set, movie set, um, anything close to that nature. Like you, it's like a mini family. Like you get used to seeing the same people over and over again. Um, you know, it, it's it's a fun environment to work in, and that just kind of sucks. Like you've been there for so long, and then one day you realize, like, oh, this is, like, the last one of these we're ever going to do. And after that, you got to, you know, find a new gig or, you know, you got to gotta move on to the next thing. Right. But, um, yeah, shout-outs shout to HBO, man. Everybody who's been involved from, like, production to the fighters to everybody, man. Like, that's – they had a long historic run. And in this new age where it seems like streaming is the next thing, um – I think the the Canelo fight's on the zone, right? It's gonna be in the zone this Saturday. So, who knows, man? Like those are big shoes to fill, but world keeps on spinning. I'm I'm pretty sure. I, I'm not gonna say boxing as a whole is just gonna find a new home. I, I feel like things will just kind of be scattered here and there because streaming wars. You know, it's it, it's it's only gonna get more messy from here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there won't be like a centralized. Like six months ago, none of us had any fucking clue what the zone was, and now they have like four of the top five boxers on the planet, or something. Yeah, and so scooping up MMA organizations about a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it's gonna be weird to just kind of see where boxing just goes from here on out, because um, there's not gonna be like a central hub really anymore you know, I mean no in, all, like, in all fairness HBO hasn't really maybe, maybe they've been like the nexus I guess is the word for it but like like they haven't been like the, the, the focal point of boxing it, like if you're I guess if you're somebody who only watches like the big fights if you're if you're like a, um, if like in the recent years the only fights you really watch like the Canelo and Glovkin fights like that yeah um, but, like, just in the wider scope of things, it's just, like, that's kind of all they've had recently. That and, like, Chocolatito, because they could get, like, the lighter weights really cheap compared to, like, housing a whole roster full of welterweights or middleweights or something like that. So, it, that's probably the reason they got Breakhouse and Crusher Shields on the same card to as their last card, because that's you know, they they didn't have to put a lot of money in the pot to get those two the uh, to you know to to show up. 
But it's it's uh, we lost Friday Night Fights and HBO Boxing after, like in the span of what three years, and that's, that that just kind of sucks because you, you uh, when it comes to other sports um, like I, I I watch the WNBA. One thing you always hear is like they always want that place where they where they have a constant like they have a game night like right. they want to have that Thursday or Monday night where they can have like like Monday night football where you don't have to know who's playing you don't have to know like the narrative of the game or anything like that but every Monday night you know there's a game on ESPN at whatever time and that's the big game of the week and with boxing, they had that with HBO. Like, you didn't have to know who was fighting. You didn't have to... Like, it was just assumed quality. And that's gone now. And I'm... I'm I don't know... Uh, Kathy Duva said something a couple weeks ago on the podcast I listened to. I think... I can't remember if it was Boxing Esquire or Fish Channels, both are great podcasts for anybody out there who wants to, you know, get into some boxing podcasts. But, um, she says something like, boxing isn't destination TV, but if it's on, you'll watch it. And I think that's true of kind of all combat sports, where, like, where nobody, it's not like a football game, or, or a basketball game. Yeah. Like, yeah, like outside of like the hardcore fan bases. Yeah, like outside like, of people like us who will sit here and talk about thirteen fights yeah. a week <laughs> minimum. Right. The the average person isn't the, the average person isn't like, hmm, I think I'm gonna stay in on Saturday night and watch um I don't know, Clay Gadella huh? versus Nina Ansaroff. Right, and then, then I'm going to watch a six-fight main card that doesn't end until one thirty in the morning. Right. <laughs> it's just that they happen to be home. Like, FX stopped playing... Uh, like, FX ended the Avengers rerun, that like, the 20th one at, like, 9 o'clock, and they have nothing else to do for the rest of the night, so they, they're just flipping through the channels, and they say, oh, there's an advertisement for UFC to fight night, and then they tune in that way. That's how the vast majority of people actually watch the UFC. Um, and the same was true with boxing, to an extent. Like, it's not destination. Like, it, if there's a fight, you'll watch, but you're not very rarely. And these are the people who get you to tune in and, you know, put the money down for pay per view. Very rarely is it ever destination TV. And I'm curious how in the, stre- in the streaming landscape, all that changes because like obviously you're gonna have to pay for everything now yep we'll get to that <laughs> yeah um, and, and and to be fair like you know ten dollars to watch Glovekin, uh to watch you know Glovekin or canelo fight on the zone or espn plus or whatever like whatever other streaming service emerges in the next year that we haven't even freaking heard of yet that's a deal compared to paying a hundred bucks to watch them fight once, right? 
Right. But like, it makes me curious how many people like. <clears throat> there, there are obviously a certain amount of people who I guess were gatekeep like like you can call it gatekeeping that were like, just kept out off of the Nielsen ratings for HBO and everything like that because it was just like I'm not paying fifteen bucks a month for boxing when like they're not providing me with boxing every week or you're not providing me with the fights I want or you know just they just can't afford it but now that like you know maybe they have ESPN plus and they want to watch like MLS games or they have or they have the zone and they want to watch I don't know what else the zone has like Europe's European soccer games or something like that like how many people get into the sport that way you know what I mean yeah like I'm I'm curious what that and from what all indicators point to boxing being like a success so far in streaming, yeah, I, I don't know. We don't. We're not. We're probably never going to know for sure what the DAZN numbers are. But ESPN came out and said that they were at a uh, what a million users for ESPN, ESPN Plus, and they already and they were uh, uh, the um, I can't remember. The, I guess the lead developer, the lead runner of the program, was saying boxing was the number one driver. Which, if you see ESPN Plus, you know it's true because they have literally nothing else on there right now. So it, it makes me curious. Boxing and the UFC are going to be on there next year. It's going to it's going to be a very telling year. Is is this next card the the last Fox? Yes. Or mm. I mean, there's going to be the FS prelims for uh, UFC 232, but this this is going to be the the last. Uh, big Fox card. Oh man, well. there's no nostalgia <laughs> goggles for the Big Fox cards. <laughs> yeah. God, I I wish Joy could have been on because there's a big discussion to be had about whether Fox was good or not bad, but just like there's a discussion to be had about what Fox's impact was on the UFC and vice versa. I, 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 <laughs> I, I guess yeah. I don't think it's fair to say it was bad. Like yeah, I don't. I don't think yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. But like, I I feel like it just. I don't think it really moved the needle one way or another. I think it was just kind of. We needed a home. We needed a place somewhere like somewhat familiar that people will recognize. We'll go to Fox. It'll keep us afloat until we figure out the next big thing. Yeah, that's, like that's kind of how I looked at it. It is. Everything that could have gone wrong early in the Fox deal kind of just did. Like, from from its inception, remember, um, do you remember the first Fox card? And just the pure stupidity surrounding it? I do not. <laughs> Cain Velasquez, Junior the Santos won. <clears throat> Cain comes back from basically a year off. After the Lesnar fight, and like they they do this huge rating, I think it got almost seven million like peak viewers. But it was only what was it? it was it was an hour broadcast, and the fight lasted fifty seven seconds. Yep. <laughs> and the lead in was like thirty minutes of talking heads, like Glazer and it wasn't Glazer. Who was it? Um. Was it the black guy? I think it was the black guy. Yeah, I know you're talking about. I don't remember his name, though. 
It wasn't Gus Johnson. Um, was it Gus Johnson? The, the, the chubby black guy. I do not remember his name. One comment. Uh, uh, you know, it's not even worth Point being, everything that could have gone wrong with that card did go wrong with that card. Like, the fight was over in less than a minute. The guy who actually the UFC wanted to get over, um, you know, Cain Velasquez, the dude, the, the, the dude with the Mexican flag who beat the most popular fighter in the history of the sport at that time, at least on pay-per-view anyway, um, lost in, like, a minute. And then they had, like, what? A half hour, forty minutes of broadcasting time left afterwards <laughs> yeah, that they could have built. Meanwhile, the actual best fight on the card, the co-main of well, you can't even call it a co-main event because it didn't get on TV. Um, ended up freaking be ended up not getting telecast. It was like a Facebook prelim or something. Oh God, remember Facebook? The Facebook prelim. Man, those were <laughs> those were the days. Now Facebook <laughs> is paying boxing promoters to put on cards on Facebook. We are in a completely different age, man. Oh man, yeah, it is. Yeah, next next year is gonna be interesting. Like this, this everything's moving so fast. The, the UFC is already fucking up that UFC on ESPN one uh, plus card, the first one. <sighs> and we'll get to that, I assume. Yeah, they. They're throwing a lot of fights on there, though. Yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah. Let's just uh, let's just roll on to that, cause they're um, got got a lot of fight announcements written down between uh UFC and Bellator and a few other places. It's been a pretty uh, pretty busy week. Uh, so I'll run down this list real quick, and then we'll go back and uh, expand on any that we want to expand on. Uh, so starting with the UFC, um. Biggest fight announcement, uh, the Dillashaw and Cejudo fight is moved to the ESPN Plus card, so that'll be the headline for that card. Now they have um, no headline for UFC 233. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of UFC 233, um, the second fight I had listed on my notes was Dominic Cruz and John Lineker, but as of about an hour ago, that fight is no longer happening. Um, Cruz apparently has an injury. Um, I don't know what the injury is yet, but... That fight is not happening. Um, they're looking to replace Cruz with uh, Cody Garbrandt, but that they really hate out. Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> I don't know, but that that's 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 ongoing. Like I said, it literally broke an hour ago, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But Cruz is unfortunately uh, out of the Lineker fight. Um, also on UFC 233. Uh, flyweight lives again. Joseph Benavidez, Davidson Figueroa. Um, that should be a really awesome card. Um, back to ESPN Plus. Um, Greg Hardy and Alex Crowder. That'll be a thing. Uh, on the same card as the Rachel Osovich and uh, I wish you fighting again. Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, Paige Van Zandt. Um, so they're on the same card. That's a whole issue. Um, uh, no, I'm just keep going. I'm just keep going. <laughs> that, that, that. <laughs> I'm just keep going. <laughs> yeah, let me just put this out there. I think I, 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 I don't want to put you on the spot or nothing, but I think I'm gonna call that broken card off. I'm calling out. I'm tipping my cap on that one. <laughs> More on ESPN Plus. Uh, Arian Lipsky. 
Uh, Joanne Calderwood will be on the ESPN Plus card. Also uh, recently announced Donald Cerrone versus Alexander Hernandez on the ESPN Plus card. And recently just added a fight I'm very excited about that will probably fly under the radar. But Thomas Almeida and Corey Sanhagen will be... Actually, um, this is not the... E, is it the no, this is the ESPN Plus card. ESPN Plus in Brazil? Or ESPN uh, Plus in... Um, what is it? That I did not read. <laughs> I'm not sure which, uh, which state. But that'll be on the ESPN Plus. That's a um, dick move on the like. That's two dick moves at Bantamweight. Like, come on. Like, give Thomas Almeida someone who won't. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's gonna be a seconds. that is gonna be a violent fight. It's also, it's also probably going to be a very bad one for Almeida. It might be his last in the company. Uh, I don't. I like both guys. Corey's really fun to watch. But I, I I was sipping the Almeida Kool-Aid for a while, and I would hate to see him catch another L. Dude, I was but, too, but yeah, you don't not... fix what's wrong with you. <laughs> you, you. You tend to get your ass beat. Yeah. So. yeah. But that, that that's going to be a fun fight uh, regardless. Um, on the UFC on ESPN card, um, not ESPN Plus, just regular old ESPN, uh, we got Jessica Penne and Jody Escabel. I thought Jessica Penne retired. I uh, know nope, she's back. <laughs> it's like that ESPN money. Yeah, coming quick on the ESPN card. That's on February seventeenth. Uh, um, also on that card on UFC and uh, UFC on ESPN one, uh, Andre Fairley and Miles Jury. Um, so that's all I got for fight announcements for the UFC, and then for signings, um, the UFC just recently signed LFA uh, women's flyweight champ Sabina Mazo. Um, I don't know if she has an opponent or what card she'll be on, but uh, congrats to her. Glad she got signed. We've mentioned her on this podcast a few times before. Hoping she head kicked somebody in her debut. Columbia. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. So um, that'll be a thing. Moving down to Bellator, they got a few fight announcements going on. Uh, Patricky Pitbull or will be fighting the Bama lightweight champ Ryan Scope February 9th. Uh, Aaron Chalmers will be making his Bellator debut also on that same card February 9th for those who don't know him he's the he's the reality star from uh it was like their version of Jersey Shore something uh, like that X on the beach yeah it's Jersey Shore <laughs> some, some oh, like wait, wait 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 Gordy Shore yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Georgie, so. Georgie Shore so he'll he'll be on that. I think he's four and zero so far in MMA. He's um, uh, yes, yeah. So he'll be on that card. Uh, Jack Swagger will be making his Bellator debut against J W Kaiser on Bellator two fourteen. Did they just find him a fucking wrestler? <laughs> so, you know, God, he, that, Kaiser better come to the ring in a in like in Nazi garb, <laughs> just goose stepping, because that's oh, what. Jesus, but I, I I don't really know much about wrestling, but I I just you know Jack Swagger um uh I, 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 he had the great theme music <laughs> I mean that's a, that's bad when that's the only compliment like uh, I mean he was technically heavyweight champion, but that doesn't mean anything. It's not even that he was bad. He was just boring. 
Like, look at him. He's a boring face. This man has no charisma. Well, we'll, we'll see how he does. See if, see if that boring face can get a get a. I hope he doesn't go in there and look like a CM Punk. I hope he looks like he's actually hey, he's, thrown a punch he's, before. He's a wrestler, like a collegiate wrestler. Okay, all right. That's cool. like he he wrestled. What's his name? Um, fuck the 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 uh the former Olympian who PFL had a heavyweight for a quick sec. That's cool. All right. I, I, I was hoping this wasn't just. I mean, it still might be kind of a cash grab, but at least he has a, a background. Um. Also, Bellator will uh between the fifteenth and the sixteenth in February. They're doing back to back cards. Um, on the fifteenth, um, we'll get to see Matt Mitrione against Sergey Karatanov, and then on the sixteenth, interesting fight. Uh, February sixteenth, number one contender about at heavyweight. Uh, allegedly, Vitaly Minikov will be back. He'll yes. be fighting Czech Congo. So, definitely look out for that. Because um, I'm pretty sure... Well, Was yeah, that's... They, that's a rematch. Yeah, a I'm pretty terrible, sure. Terrible, terrible, god-awful fight. Well, I mean... We, we, we pretty much all wanted to see Minikov fight the winner of the tournament anyway. So, this is just a sure way to make sure that happens. Can't wait for Minikov better. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine... Like, one of the things Minikov said is that he never wanted to fight Fedor because he didn't want to like put down his, or maybe I inferred that, but he he once said he didn't want to fight Fedor, and I'm assuming it's because he didn't want to put his hero out of his own misery, <laughs> because this was at the point where Fedor was like, uh, this was at the point where Fedor looks like he was, you know, yeah, yeah, like not Wait, even just like he, where he was just like completely just done. For fighting Brawl Donato. Yeah. yeah. He was like, yeah, I never want to fight Fedor, but if Fedor beats Bader, and Minikov beats Congo. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want that for Fedor. He, does, he doesn't need those problems. But, so, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, and then I, also on the 16th, a fight I'm not enthusiastic about at all. Um, Krokop making his Bellator debut. I mean, that's cool. I don't know why we have to watch him fight Roy Nelson. Um, because they they both have names. Uh, yeah. Like name that's value. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. Like, I don't really care. You see Bellator's problem is they book all these fights with like all these old heavyweight dudes and then they go like two minutes. And then they, they, they pop a good like main event rating but it's only like for 30 seconds worth of fighting. <laughs> it's like you need time to build. Like, your audience needs to be like, oh, shit, it's 9.45. The Fedor fight's on. They can't just tune in and be like, oh, crap. I can't believe Fedor and Matt Mitrion knocked each other out. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well. That's probably why it's best that that fight happens on the zone. <laughs> but it won't. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last... Fight news or fight announcement. <laughs> KSW 57. Puds. 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 He's back against, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, Simon Kalecki. Um, if you if you just want to get a visual for this fight, just imagine the Hulk fighting the Hulk. Or like a Hulk fighting well, we, the bigger Hulk. We have that fight because of KSW. It's Matt Fjord. Or was it Matt Ford? The, uh, the the big brawling dude yeah. with the small ass head. 
<laughs> oh, Martin Ford. There we go. Martin Ford versus Shadab Garibi, the Iranian Hulk. God. Yeah, KSW is just... giving us what we want. Oh yeah, they are. They are pulling out all the stops. But uh, yeah, Pud, Puds, and then uh, Simon Galec, uh, Galecki. Is is si- um, wait Simon is Simon Galecki also a weightlifter or is he just like a street rapper, like, um, like the homie? Uh, what's his name? Oh, Galecki is an Olympic gold medalist. It, wait, weightlifter or friggin' like actual wrestler? Uh, one, uh... one might constitute murder. <laughs> let's uh let's confirm this uh the, the headline just says olympic gold medalist okay all right all right that makes sense okay i'm with it yeah so we got we got just very large gentlemen just let them um, juice as much as they want yeah and have at it <laughs> yeah. so that'll that'll be a thing i'll have the date but that's ksw 57 man if you just if you want to be entertained, just just go watch that. Um, yeah, that that's those are two very large gentlemen. Um, I'm with it. And God, there's a lot of news. Um, <laughs> one championship. Oh, uh, the big one. Yeah. So we've talked about one a lot this year. I've really enjoyed a lot of what they've done this year. Um, all of their cards have been awesome. That app is awesome. Um, well, and now there, but yeah, <laughs> I, I've been propping that app up and this, this is about to leave us, but, um, listen, man, one is looking to make some big moves in 2019. Um, they reached a deal with Turner sports for a U.S. broadcasting deal. So I'm just going to read a quick blurb, uh, from Ariel Hawani's article. Uh, this deal, ah, this deal will go into effect on January the 1st. Um, it will call for 24 events, which will live air on, I think, BR's Bleacher Report, uh, Bleacher Report Live, uh, Turner Digital's uh, digital platform. Um, in addition, Turner will uh, air shoulder programming and taped events on TNT, and there will also be some kind of reality show in the works. Um, and the first event uh, under this new umbrella will be January 19th in Jakarta, India. Um so, I mean, this deal pretty much comes on the heel of them making all of these signings, you know, grabbing Sage Northcutt, uh, Mighty Mouse, Alvarez, uh, Akiyama over there. So this deal just comes on the heels of them having a pretty good year and then ending it with all these signings, and now we got we got this popping up. Um, but it does, I, I don't know if it's official, but I, I think this will pretty much... Um, solidify that I, I don't know if this this one app is probably going to be gone because i believe um if they're going to do the events on bleacher report live that is a service that you have to pay for yes um i'm not sure how much it is but uh you have, you have to cough up some bucks for that so between uh bella uh bleacher report live and tnt we'll we'll have one championship and this will be interesting to see we, we've always had questions about like what their real viewership numbers are so, you know, if, if they're on TNT, we'll, we'll, we'll get to get a little dose of it. We'll, we'll see how, how many, uh, how much ratings they can bring in, uh, bring in. And also on this article real quick, uh, with those signings, um, Sage Northcutt's, uh, one debut 
looks like it's going to be on February 22nd in Singapore. Mighty Mouse's debut um, is slated for March 31st in Tokyo. And Eddie Alvarez, his debut isn't set yet, but he's probably he's going to be on either one of those cards. Uh, either on February 22nd or March 31st. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. Yeah. One championship. Um. Uh. Well, I feel bad because I laughed at them like two months ago when Victor Quee was like, "We're going to be on US TV." I was like, "Ha! Are y'all going to pay for that time?" And now they have a three-year deal with Turner. Yep. <laughs> I can't imagine they're getting much money. Like. And that's probably the cynic in me. But like 24 events a year. Only three Americans, really, on the whole entire roster. That people care about. (laughs) Just like in general, I don't like I don't I don't know another American fighter in one right now. They used to have that dude who fought who was like a Wall Street banker, but he hasn't fallen forever, if memory serves. And I guess it's Brandon Barra. So, like, him. He's not even over. He's over in the... Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Well, he's like a star in the Philippines, so... Yeah. Take that for what it's worth. But, um... Yeah, no, this is big. Like, if you're a fighter and, like... You just saw Eddie Alvarez get, like, a four million... Like, he talking about he got paid eight figures and Demetrius Johnson's... Uh, and, Sage North, and Sage North goes out here like, yeah, the UFC couldn't match my offer sheet. For one, like, you might start peering across the road and be like, I, I don't have to fight, you know, um, I was going to say, like, Tony Ferguson or something. But, like, even further down, like, the UFC, like, rankings, like, I don't have to fight um, Elias Theodoru to, you know, to, to main event on, like, TV and make, a, like, a six to seven figure salary a year. Like, I, I mean, I would be open to that. I mean, and you'll be on TNT. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, you'll be on a network that, I mean, if you have even the most basic of cable packages, that's that's pretty much available to anybody. Dude, so, it's like live sports content, man. Like, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I, someone posted it about the, uh, in relation to this on Twitter. But, like, it's, like, what? It was 82 out of, like, 100, like, live content on TV. Like, uh, in terms of ratings, like, the 82 most uh, watched television broadcasts of, uh, like, the top 100 were live, like, live, live. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, like, reality shows and, like, um, uh, American Top Wait, what was it called? American Top Model. No, I was gonna say the Idol show, American Idol, and like oh, all those shows. I don't know. The, <clears throat> I'm sure like some of those like were in there somewhere, but like I'm assuming a lot of it's just basketball and football games. And people are, and like you have the Lomachenko Perzaza fight that averaged like two million people. Yeah, I don't know this. Uh, if if one can figure out how to really, because like you said, they 
in terms of American fighters, they only have mainly the three they just signed. But if they can, I mean, they got find the big one. They got Sage Northcutt. Yeah, they got they got they got Kendall. He'll bring all his purity, and and, and graciousness. He needs to be on an NBA commercial. They need to make that crossover happen. <laughs> well, they got Demetrius <laughs> Johnson and Sage Northcutt, so they can continue doing their weird, creepy. Right. <laughs> you know, we're wearing short shorts and black socks inside your house commercials. <laughs> I, I, like I don't know they... who the Metro PCS of one championship is, but. If they can just figure out how to just market to the American audience. I mean, being on TNT is already a big help, but I don't know, man. If they can figure, if they can just figure out how to get people invested who weren't fans before. To like just get them to care about some of these fights, this this could end up being a really this could be a really good look. This could, could be a really good look for them. Um, or I don't know, it, it could definitely go left. <laughs> so, so somehow we always have to consider the opposite. But I'm gonna try to be optimistic. Um, I, I like the move, and thank God at least from this article, like there'll be live events, no no Bellator tape delay. Um, so that, that's always great, but no, shout shout outs to one championship, man. That's a pretty big, uh, it's a pretty big move. I, I'm, I'm just curious what the financials are. I want to know what their budget's like, but, and I, I'll say for, <laughs> cause I think I saw that same question on Twitter. Like a lot of people I saw was still skeptical about this. I mean, cause it's and, MMA, uh, like we have to be skeptical. Yeah. Like, but here, here's just what I'll throw out there. Like if PFL is still around. And they haven't folded yet. I think one championship's okay. Hey, well, that's because they keep getting investor money. That's where all the money came from. That is true. But, I mean, if, if PFL can find investors, I'm pretty sure one championship will be alright. I, I, I don't envision them... Uh, I, don't, I don't think their boat's gonna sink before the PFL boat gets shot and explodes. And that million dollar they promised everybody just leaves out a back alley somewhere. And Ray Cooper has to go hunt down people for his money. <laughs> and, and that... And that and like to, I'd like to remind people that in like 20 days from when we're recording this, PFL is going to be obligated to give out something like $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling, man. Some of them checks, they're not going to be adding up. Somebody's going to get the short end of the stick. Like, they're going to give Ray Cooper his money because he hits hard, and they don't want those problems. Somebody else is not going to get their million. Somebody's definitely getting, like, they're taking a couple commas off their check, and they're, they're running out the back door. But <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, and the last bit of news, because Jesus Christ, just news all over the place, and then we can uh, get get to fights. Um, you know what? Since I didn't, you, you want to tackle the Ian Kidd? Uh, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, Ian Kid of uh, <clears throat> of Buddy Elbow. Um. Uh, it was found that he. I'm bring up their whole thing because. Um. So it was found that back in like July. Ian Kidd, the buddy elbow, uh, was found guilty of downloading or owning um, child pornography. 
Um, and apparently this went unnoticed for like five months, which I guess is understandable because I don't sit here and like Google all the people I work with. I definitely don't want to. And uh, <laughs> for those of you, Ian Kidd is from like Scotland or Scotland or uh, yeah, because it was in Glasgow. So like Scotland. Um, so like you know, his entire contact with uh, uh, with uh, Buddy Elbow, uh, the uh, and Vox Media is like online and everything. So it's not like he, it's not like he didn't show up for work one day and everybody's like, I wonder where he went. But um, it was uncovered because he got into an argument with somebody online about Greg Hardy. I don't I don't know what the context of that argument was, but it was found out that um. He was in, like he was found to be in possession of child pornography. Him and one of his uh, his um, business partners. Um, so he has been fired from his job at uh, at Bloody Elbow. But there was a whole bunch of kerfuffle, which might not be the proper word for it, about Bloody Elbow not releasing a statement on. Um, on Ian Kid, because it, uh, and it turns out they did that. They did so um, today, just a few hours ago. I'm detailing the uh, the entirety of the case, their process by which they looked into the matter. Um, they had to confirm it was the actual same Ian Kid with like the Glasgow Police Department or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like this whole big thing about it. Um, Vox Media told nobody, uh, everyone that they were not supposed to say anything because, you know, firing people is a lot trickier than uh, I, I think a lot of people realize. Yeah, you and yeah, that, especially uh, corporate drop, like corporate jobs and stuff like that. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, because I, I saw that, too, on social media, like when the news just broke, uh, like people just expected them to just like. You gotta understand, like they're probably just as shocked as you are. Like, right. Just think of all of the people that you work with. If one day you just walked in and you found out, like your manager on the low was like a serial killer, or something, like you, for one, you can't just come out and and not have your facts in line. Right. So, I don't blame them for waiting. Like you have to make sure everything's in line, because. I mean, let, let's say, for example, they would have came out and they'd have been like, oh, Ian Kidd did this, did that, blah, blah, blah. And let's say, you know, in some parallel universe. It's a different Ian Kidd. Yeah, it's a different Ian Kidd. Now you're getting sued. Now it's a real messy situation. And, and nobody wants that. Right. Because that, that makes everybody look bad. So, yeah, you got you to get the ducks in order first before you start, you know, just kind of throwing mud around everywhere. Yeah, this was Friday, I think. So they're coming out with it on Mon- Monday, or yeah, Monday, or Tuesday, Tuesday. Um, so yeah, um, and <clears throat> I, 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 I don't bring this up just you know because, but um, some of you really need to put your thinking caps on. I guess, and, and and be a little bit more discernible about who who you listen to on Twitter, because maybe, maybe don't retweet the conspiracy theorist dude who's like, <laughs> Vox Media knew about Ian Kidd being a, a pedophile, 
and kept him on anyway because he was such a valuable member of the bloody elbow. Blah, blah, blah. Like he generated, like, like, dude. Obviously, like we've seen, like, especially when it comes to like higher, higher up the chain, we've seen companies just you know look past their employees and or their executives into like transgressions. But like, in kids like a a writer about like PEDs and shit. And to my knowledge, like, he's not, point being, he's not, like, irreplaceable. Like, Vox was not out here just, like, covering their ass and being like, yeah, we knew he was a pedophile the whole time, but we kept him around because we really enjoyed his work or something like that. Right. And to insinuate that all the writers at Bloody Elbow knew about the charges that were brought up against him is... Kind of stupid. Really stupid. <laughs> like, 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 and I, I get it. Like, people are angry at Ian Kidd, and I, I completely understand that. But you gotta be rational. Like, like I said, think of you have a job, and you're listening to this. If, if there's no way, if you walked into work and you found out like the guy across from you, like murdered somebody yesterday, and like. I don't know, some, somebody who didn't know you expected you to just know, like, oh, you work with the guy, you should know. You don't know what these people do when they're not, you know, I get it, we're buddy-buddy in the office, blah blah maybe, maybe we go hang out after work every now and again. But, like, you don't know what these people are doing when you're not, like, with them, with them. Right. They're not, you know, like, you just, you don't. You have no idea what these people do when they leave the office and they clock out for the day. So there's no way I can expect the person who sat across from Ian, well, I don't even know what their setup is, but I'm not going to put that on them like, well, oh, they knew they're, when they were covering for They're, like, they're writers. They're, 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 like, they're, like, I don't think, okay, so people, MMA media doesn't make enough money to actually do this shit full time. These people have other jobs. Yeah. And they live in like completely different parts of the country. Like, um, right. you're, you're just shooting emails. Yes. <laughs> and, and, Email, and getting Discord, your things Discord, edited. And Twitter, just... Like, um, one of the writers, um, what's her name? Stephanie Hayes? Haynes? I think? Yeah. She's part of Bloody Elbow's, like, Three Amigos podcast, which used to feature Ian Kid. I'm assuming they won't be featuring him anymore. Um, yep. she received, like, her and Ian were probably, uh, like, the closest in, in terms of, like, like just being friends. Uh, like, him being friends with anybody on the site. And, um, yeah, she lives in, like, the Midwest if memory serves, and he lives in, like, Scotland, so, this isn't, like, like I said, this isn't a, this isn't a thing where, like, okay, your, your fellow employee's been missing for, like, a week, and nobody's able to reach him, there's, like, okay, this guy got arrested, probably disappeared for a couple of days, which is probably, like, online, which is probably not unusual, and then came back, like, everything was fine. Yeah. But, but uh, I, I just wanted to put it like, yeah, yeah, y'all need to be a little like, yeah, y'all need to exercise a little bit of like. Yeah, direct your anger your to brain. the right. Direct your anger to the right people. Exactly. Like in the right direction. Don't just. It, it, that, that's kind of the downside of social media. Like people get angry and they just start shooting shots at everybody, and it's like you, 
you can't do that. Like, I understand you're angry, but at least be angry at the right people. Right, and maybe don't listen to everything from O'Brien says. <laughs> he's he's been some Twitter. He's been popping up way too much on my news feed. He is he's been out there. I, but, I, I'm uh, never gonna get over the fact that some one time somebody linked him to like my fucking Tumblr page and was just like, "Do they seem like a legit source of information?" <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, this is just a blog about shit I see on Twitter and other places. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um. Now, as far as I know, Ian Kidd isn't arrested, but he's been, well, you know... He, he was arrested. Like, he's not in jail. He's, like, on this... I, I don't understand UK laws about, like, pedophilia and stuff like that. But from my understanding, like, for starters, he's not allowed to use Firefox, which doesn't keep a record of, like, um, their users, like, web, web history and makes it really easy to get, like, on tour, like, on the dark web. Hmm. So he's like not he's like limited internet access, um, some type of probation, like that type of junk. Which seems really light. Like the dude should probably not probably he should be in jail. No, he definitely should. Because he I don't I don't have the article pulled up in front of me, but he had a ridiculous amount. Okay, so from what I've heard, read about because you, um, I went to when I was at Penn State, one of the dudes in my building um, was arrested for owning child porn. It was like a terabyte, like a that, sh- yeah. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. But but I have a from what I have from, a from what I was told, real quick, um, is that they download them by like the bundle. So, like, you're not, like, these collections aren't, like, they go on, like, Google Images and then they right-click, save image as, like, a thousand different images or whatever. It's just, like, okay, somebody meticulously puts all these together, uploads it to, like, Tor, and I guess, like, pedophiles go there and just download the thing from there. And the way they, yeah. And the way they catch them is that certain, um collections i guess are like marked by like in like like i guess here would be the fbi i don't know what they have over there in the uk as like a as um a what you call it as an equivalent but what they do is they'll mark them and anybody who downloads they're just able to go and arrest that is i have a, a 500 gigabyte hard drive that i've had since like college and i i, I have yet to fill that up with just like music and stuff I've written, a, a terabyte. That's yeah. That's that's a lot. And Ian Kid, that the number I saw was like, I'm I'm probably off by give or take a hundred or so. But dude had like four hundred something images, and then another couple hundred videos. I think. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, here we go. 984 still images, 496 moving, and about 8,000 pictures of extreme pornography. Bruh, that's a lot. Like, that is... That's... I don't even know the word. Like, that is a... 
something's really wrong with you. Right. Like, I mean, even one is too much. But, bro, you're in the hundreds. And you add all that up together, you know, videos and and, and still images include. You're in the thousands. Right. Like, that's, that is mind just. You you gotta go to jail, like off off principle. You just you gotta. Go. Yeah. You, you, yeah. That's. That's. Uh, I. Uh, I'm glad he got white boxed. That's not enough, but. That's you know, bloody elbow isn't the law, so that's you know that's pretty much the most they can do. But. Yeah. Um. Needless to say, I, I I would hope he he's not going to be at any publications in the near future. Um, you got to go to a life of obscurity after that. Like you, there's no way you can recover from that. I mean, I'm like I'm, I I don't even know what the hell like he does. Like I said, like <clears throat> like he got to wrestle alongside his business partner, but I don't know what they do. Whatever that business is, that's that's gotta be over. Right. You you gotta go live in a basement somewhere. Oh God, you just reminded me of something. Um. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Time. Time doesn't matter on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Just uh. So, have you ever been on the Reddit? What was it? It's not no sleep. I think it's something like, let's never meet again or something like that. Mm-hmm. This guy is talking about like how he was doing like he's from Australia and he was in like the outback. Um, and like he was just like like he like he was working on some dude's land, right? Like, cause they're just like there are apparently there are people who just own like land the size of states there. And this guy's property was about the size of Massachusetts. Jesus. Yeah. That's not me. That's what it's called. Um, so he was just out there working, you know, do, like, so, and a large part of like just working on that a land that land that size is people just set up camp without realizing they're on somebody's property. So, so you know, part of his job is just go around and be like, hey, you're on so and so's property. You know, don't mess anything up. Or please move along, or you know you're trespassing, whatever. So one day he just he's just out and about, and he's dri- like he's driving, and he sees a trailer parked out, um, just in the middle, like all the way out in the middle of nowhere, underneath a tree or whatever, and it's locked. So he drives all the way back to the homestead, gets like a pair of like, um, like something like. like the the big handle thing that you use to break open padlocks. Hmm. He goes inside, and it's full of nothing but boxes of child pornography. Like really sick, extreme shit. Like again, he's in the middle of like nowhere, so like with no signal, no telephone, uh, whatever. Yeah, I was gonna say so. Like, what do you even? So what he does is he immediately mad dashes back to the property, calls the police, like, to come out there with him. And they come back, like, a couple hours later, 
and I guess whoever was in the van found out that somebody broke in and proceeded to just light the shit on fire. Uh. Yeah. So, you know, a couple hours later, the fire they had to drive back. A couple hours later, they come back with the fire department. Like, uh, and the, like, and it is the, the story just, like, haunts me a lot because it's just, like, okay, there are people out there doing this type of shit. Crazy. Ugh. Wild, wild world, man. The, the world is full of some sick motherfuckers. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Ian Kia got the white box, as, as he well deserved. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I don't know what you do after that. How he hasn't gotten jail time is crazy, but I imagine after this, you have to go into extreme obscurity. Um, you you, you got to be off the grid at this point. Cause there, there's no way you're covering MMA anymore. That's 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 all done. But um, yeah. So that 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 was a story. Um, that was pretty much all the news and notes. That was a lot, <laughs> about an hour's worth. Of news, it has uh, been been a very busy week. The, the sport does not sleep at all. Never does. Um, yeah, that never does. There's no off seasons um, in the sport. That's why it's so damn tiring. <laughs> and real quick, we won't go into too much detail because we still got a whole card to cover. But um, uh, Vasil Lomachenko fought this weekend. Uh, he fought uh Jose uh Pedraza. Just Jose, man. He's not Portuguese. No. He's not Brazilian. <laughs> well, uh, Jose got beat up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? Let me let me retract my statement because this card was on the same time that um, I think this, this is two thirty one one at the same time. I think yeah, right. Yes. Want to say? Yeah. So I like I had this fight on and I was only like half watching it, so I saw bits and pieces. Um, from what from what I heard, it wasn't Lomachenko's like best performance. But if there's anything you want to see in this fight, uh, watch round 11, where Vasil Lomachenko lands 42, I repeat, 42 power shots, and just completely tools Jose in that round. Um, but he won that fight via decision, um, so, you know, he continues his streak of living in the Matrix, um, so go go give that, that fight a look, um. But let's get to this card, because we still got a whole lot to, uh, to talk about. So, UFC 231 went down uh, on Saturday in Ontario, uh, oh, sorry, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, um, headlined by Max Holloway and Brian Ortega. Definitely, like, a lot of hype for this fight, um... I've been really hyped for this fight for a long time. I was super bummed out when <laughs> it got canceled the first time. Um, but we, we finally got it. It, it. it happened. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> this, this... I was really hyped for these main events and co-main events. And they both, they both lived up to what I thought they would. But they both hurt me because the two people I was rooting for both lost. <laughs> But you know, this that's that's MMA. It, it, you know, heart heartbreak is normal. You just you just got to get used to it. But Holloway and Ortega, man, this was 
this this was a wild <laughs> wild fight um and just initial thoughts just it's crazy how much of a war this was this it was weird because this fight was a war but Holloway also won it like handedly Brian Ortega still it, hasn't won a round in the UFC <laughs> like this in the same token Ortega gave Max everything he could handle but then on the flip side Holloway had an answer for everything he did like and I, I wrote this shout out to Technical Found once again and, and the article that I did for them for the uh, like the preview of this card I only covered the main event and the co-main um, but one of the things I had said about Holloway is that he since 2014 he's been undefeated i want to say uh, give or take a year i'm paraphrasing 28 um, when did connor tear his acl fighting him because that was max's last loss yeah it was yeah it was like 13 yeah since then the man has been on a tear and one of the things I've noticed, like, I remember, like, the first Max Holloway fight that I remember was E, I think it was Eve Jabon. I think he fought. Um, and dude was crazy talented back then. He just had, like, a lot of raw talent. Ever since, like, that McGregor fight, he's only gotten better. And one of the things he's really just, he's really creative. And, and it's kind of wild because, like, I feel like he doesn't, he doesn't look flashy to me. Like, I'm trying to think of somebody to compare him to. Like, he... It's not an Anderson Silva kind of flash where, like, you see it and it looks extra flashy and it's, you know, like, it's, it's like, super highlight reel material. I feel like Max's is, like... It's subtle things that he does that I look at and I'm like, yo, this guy is... He is on another... <laughs> he's on another plane. Like... Ortega, they, they, I mean, they both come out, and it's pretty much a war from the start. Like, they're, they're throwing hands. They're trading back and forth. And Max just, Ortega would fire off his hardest shots. And he tagged them a couple of good times. And they, they would get in these firefights. But in every firefight, it just seemed like Max was able to get the better of them. Or even if he would get tagged a couple of times, He's coming back, and it's not like, he's not like, a, oh, I'm going to just jab or hit you with a one-two. It's like, I'm going to hit you with a one-two, switch stance, one-two, three, four, five. <laughs> like, it's, he throws so much at you, and it's just, it's overwhelming. And, I mean, Ort Ortega had his moments. Um, he had a couple of good counters. He caught Max with a really nice elbow um, that he landed. He, he, he caught him with a lot of, he caught him with some clean counters that definitely, like, shook him up, gave, gave him a quick, you know, you know, one of them I'm here moments, like, you're not just going to run through me. But for every Ortega moment, there was a Max moment where he would get off, like, three, four, five hit combination. And I'm talking body, head, switch stance, just every, every strike that you can throw, <laughs> he's landing. But he's doing this over the course of four rounds where he never slows down. And it just, and he also, another thing I noticed in this fight, he did really 
uh, good. Even though he did, you know, he, he took his fair share of hits. He's really, his, like, timing and, like, his controlling of distance is, like, masterful to watch. Like, I'm going to hit you with this four-piece combination. I'm just in range so I can touch you up. When you fire back, I'm out of range now. And like I said, when you watch it in, like, real time, it doesn't look super fancy. Like, he's not doing, like, the Anderson Silva, Forrest Griffin, where I'm doing all these bobbing and weaving and, you know, all that fancy stuff. It's really subtle. Like, I'm in range so I can do what I need to do. And when you fire back, I'm just out of range so you can't touch me. And he just... He has this just masterful control of just, like, distance and timing. He knows when to swing. He knows when not to. He's not wasting motion or wasting energy. Because I think people, like, see him, like, you see, like, his highlights with, like, the Llamas fight, like, those last 10 seconds. Right. And you, you, you it would give you the impression, like, oh, he's just, uh, he's just, like, a brawler. Like, he's just a brawler who happens to be champ because he can brawl and his cardio is really good. No, there's there's a lot of technique and a lot of... There's a lot going on there, like, if you just really watch and pay attention to what he's doing. It isn't by luck that he's winning these fights. <laughs> like, this kid is, he's different, man. And or Ortega, like I said, man, he, he definitely, he started to do a little better uh, later in the fight, probably around, like, round three. It seemed like he started to get his footing under him better. He was landing, he was landing some pretty good combinations. Um, he got off a few good leg kicks. Like I said, he he definitely shook Max up a couple of times, but he just he Max's just volume and pace is just is too much. And then Max does the most gangster thing of all time. Round four, I don't know if he was talking to his corner or if he was talking to commentary, but he just looked over like I'm gonna end this this round. And my God, if he did not go out in round four and just unleash. All kinds of hell in round four. And I think what this fight came down to, obviously, like I said, Max's control of distance, timing, pressure, volume. Ortega tried to, Ortega was forced to fight a boxing match, which, I mean, he hits hard. His stand-up is decent, but we all know what his bread and butter is. And he could not get any jujitsu off <laughs> whatsoever. Like, it was pretty much a non-factor. And, um, yeah, Max just was able to shut that part of his game down, and he forced it into a fight where he was comfortable. And, I mean, Ortega tried to match him blow for blow, but Max is, dude, dude is on another level. I picked Ortega to win. I wanted Ortega to win. Still a big fan. But Max is, you know, after four rounds, he battered, Ortega's eye to where it was pretty much nearly closed, and uh, there was TKO stoppage in the fourth. But not Max, man, that kid is that kid is unbelievable. That 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 kid's something different. Yeah. Um. So I didn't really I, I, like I watched this fight four times, but it didn't really occur to me until I saw people posting gifts and like um uh like little uh like little um clips from the fight. And I, I don't know why it never occurred to me like the four or five times I actually watched the fight, but any other Max Holloway fight, like Max Holloway's best skill set is that he's a um, is that he has tremendous footwork or or certain movement while he's punching. 
And what I like, and I, I don't mean like he'll jab and then he'll get out the way. I mean like while he's jabbing, he is already hitting another angle with his feet and proceeding to hit you from there. Um, I just want to find the gif real quick. Like he, um, his game is all based on his one two, but um, like. Uh, there, um, uh, somebody posted a clip on Tumblr of Max hitting a right hand, uh, like a right, and a jab, and then another jab, and then a right hand. And in the clip, you'll see him move to two different angles. Like you'll see him as he's throwing the right hand move to a different angle, so that he can land the jab and then plant his feet and follow up with the one two again. And like that's such a like I'm, I'm trying to think of guys who can do that in this sport, and it's like him, and Dillashaw, and I'm, I'm struggling to see like, like who I'm struggling to come up with another name for who, like who's able to just do that, just hit, to hit cleanly and technically and technically sound while they're in movement. That's some Lomachenko stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think that's why his game doesn't come off as flashy because it really doesn't do anything. That like, like he's not out. He's not out here uh, like swimming in the pocket or anything. He's just like, he's just not sedentary. He like he doesn't. He he very much isn't the type of guy who's just going to plant his feet. And that's why he's able. Uh, I have a crazy stat for you. Like he landed something like sixteen strikes a minute on Brian Ortega in this fight. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> like, and, and mind you, Holloway's never a dude who, who commits 100% to strikes, but like, I mean, like, if you've been punched in the face once, imagine getting punched in the face 16 times a minute over 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and then just, that's that's insane. Yeah. Dude just fights at like a different pace and a different speed than everybody else. And it's crazy. It's able to do it because he's so good with his feet. But, um, one of the, like, and that's one of the things that like, like Frankie Edgar is a movie, uh, is a movement guy, but the big difference between him and Howie is Howie moves laterally. Like when he punches, uh, Frankie's very much just an in-and-out fighter. It's why every once in a while you'll see somebody crack him with something good. Like, like Holloway moves in, you know, every dimension. Uh, you know, forward, back, left, right, um, diagonally. He pivots really well. And you, Brian Ortega, like, for for how good he's gotten as a striker. Or at least how like you know effective as he's become as a striker. He's very like he's you'll see in this fight he'll go to attack Holloway and Holloway would have already taken an angle. It wasn't until the third round where Holloway thought he was going to be able to plant his feet and just get Brian Ortega out of there by throwing like uh you know throwing like five six punch combinations that Ortega was just like you know what fuck it I'm gonna just plant my feet and throw and he caught him a couple times but he still ended up losing that round. So um, yeah, no, Holloway's just a different type of striker, man. Like, 
he's he is such a great counter puncher. Like his ability to just slip parry with that backhand and then or parry with the opposite hand, the power hand, and then come back with like a hook or a jab that lands like with the force of a hook. It's just crazy. Yeah, that whew. that that man is like, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. so happy that like his health issues seem to be behind him, because look, he's already on one of the great all time great runs. Like who who's he going through? He's running through Ortega, Jose Aldo twice, Cub Swanson, Jeremy Stevens, Ricardo Lamas. Like he's and in front of him he has potentially Frankie Edgar. Um. Chad Mendez or Alexander Volkanovsky. Maybe he's a beat Magomed Jarabov. Like we're, we're like we're in the middle of something amazing. And that's just that featherweight. Exactly. Because <laughs> him going and I I don't want to see him go to fifty five right away. Uh, yeah, no. But featherweight let, definitely has let, more. Yeah, let him run. They're, they're pe- let him run the gambit. Yeah. Like, yeah, there there are people there still. Like you said, I, I'm. His next fight, I definitely would like to see him get the winner of Mendez and Volkanovski. Um, He's probably getting that girl. That that fight does not do it for me. I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> with it for just getting Edgar like one last shot at title before yeah, the inevitable decline. I was gonna say, man, you the Ortega KO was bad. The, the, I don't think I don't think Max would one shot KO him, but it might just be uh, it might be something like this. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be a sustained beating, possibly a sustained beating. Um, nah, man, Max is uh that that man's on another, he's on another level. But yeah, for, for his next fight, I want him to stay at forty five as long as he can make it healthy. You know, there there's still people there for him to fight. Um, that down at forty five, but you know, if if he wants to go to fifty five and like the next. I don't want him to go to 55 because I don't think he'll get a title shot. And then, like, the only option available after that is Conor McGregor. Which I think he... uh, I'm going to just put it out there now. I think he beats the shit out of Conor McGregor nowadays. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think he washes him. He was, like, 20. And for people who are about to hop in and be like, McGregor, you know, beat the shit out of him with an ACL tear and whatever. Yeah, dude was, like, 20 years old. He was 20 years old, yeah. Like he was mad young, and he was still really talented back then. Right, and like he, if you watch the fight back in round two or three, he seemed to have been picked up on like the things McGregor was doing, and that could be in part because the ACL, the ACL tear, or you know whatever. But I was gonna say, I mean, and even and that was on Connor's, you know, his rise. That was one of his tougher fights. Right. Like aside from the Mendez fight, that was probably his the toughest fight that Connor had. So, yeah, I, I, I'm all for Max fighting for the 155 title eventually, but for right now, I, like, there's still stuff I want to see out of him at featherweight. Yeah, I mean, Max Mendez, Max Volkanovski, Max Abit, if that continues. Matt Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, Max Yair, if if he can, you know, finally put it all together. Now, I'll I'll say this. If <laughs> I'm down for Max Moicano, like give me that. Yeah, I was gonna say if if 
because uh, I've seen this debate on Twitter. Now I'm, I don't want to get into it here, but I'll, I'll just throw this out there real quick. If, if Max runs through like Mendez, Moicano, Volkanovski, and like Zabit, if he makes it up there, and I guess Yair, if if he can he can make it up there, I'll, I'll give y'all the goat. <laughs> I'll I'll give it to you. For for me, I'm I'm really stingy on these things. Like for me, for goat talk, longevity is a really big thing for me. But I'll I'll be fair and say that something that may be able to trump longevity is resume. Like I'm all, that's and, me. I'm all about resume and like Max's resume. Yes, it's wild. Like, Max's resume <laughs> was wild before he won the title. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm 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 an old man. I'm I'm stingy on my goat talks, but like like before he won the title, he had to go through Stevens, Lamas, Swanson, and Pettis just to get a shot at the title. Right. Like that's free, like who else has to go through four top ten fighters to get a shot at a championship? Wasn't like and they were all like on. I was it. So, was that the was that the end of Swanson's run? Yeah, that was the. I think so. Swanson's in. Um, was Stevens on his run at that time? Because uh, Steve, Stevens at one point had a nice little... He had a nice little streak. He had like going. two. He had the one he, he was on before he fought um, Jose Aldo, where he went through Emmett Choi and um, Melendez. But yeah, uh, the one before that, no, he was he was coming off of losses to Swanson and Oliveira. Okay. And, but he had the win over uh, Dennis Bermudez. Even still, Mac, yeah, Max's resume is looking. Dude's resume is airtight. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, you, uh, yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you that. Like, and yeah, if, if people want to make the goat argument off a of resume, I'll, I'll, I'll concede. Well, I will, yeah, I'll, I'll concede. I'll let you have that because that I can't. The resume speaks for itself. I, I can't really. <laughs> I can't. I can't really argue. Against and I, that. I think we're past the point of debate with this, but yeah, he's better than BJ Penn too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. BJ didn't do himself any favors by continuing to fight. Fact, but <laughs> But nah man, uh, um, I'm I'm but... curious now, hold up. Because I, I guess you have to get pound uh hmm. Where, do you consider Max Holloway pound for pound best fighter on the planet right now? I don't have the list in front of me. I don't know why I would care about that list because it's probably trash. But do, do you have it in front of uh, me? I would just want to know like who are the top three. I don't have it directly in front of me because the UFC's webpage refuses to load. Oh yeah, it was down like the other day. I was trying to get on it too. Uh, I forgot what I was trying to look. Let at. me look in the app real quick. Um, I mean, I would imagine the top three would probably be. I'm pretty sure DC's up there. Um. Nah, it would have been Mighty Mouse, but he's not there. So anymore. right now, top three are DC, Khabib, Nurmagomedov, and John Jones. Mm. You know what, man? <laughs> I love Jones the fighter, not Jones the person. But he's he's kind of been in and out, so I can't I can't give him that number one spot. Khabib has had a crazy run. There, mm. I feel like there. They're like one A and one B. Like I feel like if you if you said Habib, I can't. I wouldn't argue against you. 
But after this performance from Max, if he said number one, I'll, I don't know if I... That's a really tight race between them three. Yeah. That's a... That's a I think you could... You could be objective and make a case for either of them. I, mm, I might go... Uh, I want to say Habib one. And Max two. And DC three. But like I said, no, if, if you put Max one, especially after this, I'm not going to argue against you. Dude, dude's incredible. Right. Um, but prop, props to Ortega, though, man. Like, that that man, he was fighting to the, 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 the end, the very end. He never, <laughs> he didn't shy away. The man gave it everything he had. But, you know, I'm I'm, I'm happy they did stop the fight. Shout out to Renner, Henner, or however you say his name. Um, who was just like, yo, I'm not going to let you die in here. And, yeah. and just yeah. beg the referee to come and talk to Brian. Yeah. That's... And, and we, we need more of that. Like, I get it, warrior, go out on your shield, but live to fight another day, man. Like, I'm pretty sure this is not going to be the last time they fight each other. I hope not. Brian can get another another streak going. He can keep improving. We, we might get a part. Yeah, Ortega's 27. He still has... Yeah, he's got time. time. He's got time. So... Yeah, I'm I, I'm not I'm not mad at the stoppage. I'm glad they 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 saved him from himself, and I'm glad he didn't he didn't really like argue really. Like and I, I think he I think I saw the headline the next day that he said that that was for the best. Yeah. Like he he understood he he wasn't you know gonna gonna kick and scream about it. But that that was an amazing main event, man. That that's an instant classic for me. Um, because like I said, I also put this in the article that I wrote. This is the first time I think in a while. Well, this literally was consensus number one versus number two. This wasn't like, oh, this person got gifted this shot, and oh, they leapfrog so-and-so, so-and-so. Like, no, this was clear-cut. These are the best two in this division. And go have at it. Because <laughs> between them two, if you look at their records, they've cleaned out everybody. Like, there almost ain't nobody left. Uh, aside from... Chad. And, and, yeah, and the new guys, I guess, like your um... yeah, yeah, some of the new guys, yeah, like Volkanovski and Zabit, but everybody else who came up with them, they're all they they wiped between them two, they wiped all of them out. So this was true consensus one, consensus two, and yeah, we we got a we got a great one out of that one. So hats off to both of them, man. That was an amazing fight, um, and congrats to Max for just. Continuing to be great. Um, so, moving on. Second title fight of the evening. Co-main event for the uh, women's flyweight title. Valentina Shevchenko, Joanna Janjacek. Um, I was really hyped for this fight, too. I was up to the last moment, man. I was flip-flopping on who I thought was going to win this fight and how it was going to go. Um, I ended up picking Joanna to win. Obviously, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, but, nah, this... This kind of like the main event, but in a less uh, violent fashion, not as bloody <laughs> as, as Max and uh, Ortega was. Um, I thought Valentina put on a pretty masterful performance. It wasn't the bloodiest, you know, thing you ever see. And I, I've said this in one of the predictions we said, like, this fight wasn't going to be a bloodbath. It would be very technical. You would get some spurts of violence here and there. 
but it wasn't just gonna be like a straight up brawl because these two are too they're too technical they're too clean for this to have end up just some wild rock'em sock'em robot kind of fight but um nah man Shevchenko went in there like Max good just great use of, of distance and, and timing she was able to get out of range of a lot of Joanna's attacks and countered really strong um, and it's kind of weird to watch because she's not like the most, <laughs> she moves really stiff or at least it looks kind of stiff, but my God, it works. Like, <laughs> like when she pulls the trigger and decides to throw, like, dude, it's she is so quick. Yeah. Like <laughs> her, her like twitch muscles or whatever you want to call them, boy, they, you got like a split second to get out the way or you are about to get blasted with something. Um, and it was like every time Joanna thought she was in range, she got countered with something. She flicked out a, a jab or a kick and she got met with a kick or a hook or a cross. A few couple times, Valentina hit the, the spinning back kick. <laughs> like, And it's kind of weird because the way like Valentina, her stances and how she's kind of it's just really weird, like, stiff motion, but, like, she doesn't telegraph anything. Like, you don't really know what's about to happen. It's just, like, you throw something, you miss, and a split second later, you either got a foot or a, a fist in your face, and you don't know what angle it's about to come from, but you're about to get hit with it. <laughs> and so she was just able to just perfectly time everything, and Joanna, for the first half of the fight, just couldn't even get comfortable. And then the strength uh discrepancy <laughs> and the moments they did grapple man valentina gave her the big sister bully like yeah i'm just gonna throw you down to the ground and she was just literally like the physically i, I wasn't too surprised but i i kind of was because i've just never seen you want to get bullied like that like she really just when she took her down it was just forceful like i'm just you're going down there's nothing you can do you have to accept this um, Joanna did better in the second half of the fight, and I, I was wondering, because I, I was having flashbacks of the second Gedalia fight, where, like, she drops the first couple rounds, and then she has this crazy comeback, and I was wondering if she would be able to pull something like that off, and, like, I want to say around, like, the third or fourth round, she started to get her distance better, like, she slipped a few of Valentina's punches, she was countering pretty good, she caught her with a couple of one two. she started landing her front kick, um... She, she caught Valentina with a head kick that kind of, like, grazed her. And she was keeping up. Well, she kept a good pace the whole fight, which was good to see at 125. Like, gas tank is great. She, it didn't really seem like she got tired. But she did better towards the second half of the fight. But even with what she did better, like, she dropped too many rounds early. And it was kind of a too little too late. And I can't even really say I gave her the later rounds. Like, she did better. But I can't even really say she won them. Like, she just... She closed the gap a little bit, but Valentina just, yeah, crazy fast, pinpoint accuracy, just, Joanna, I've never seen her look so, I don't know the word. Outmatched. Yeah, <laughs> like, outmatched, kind of like uncomfortable, kind of like, I think... I, I think she, those... she she also seems like she doesn't have a. I'm trying to think. She reminds me of somebody else. I can't think of it, but like, 
I'm hoping this won't be a recurring pattern with her. And I, I could be completely wrong. This is me armchair, uh, arm, armchair uh, observing. She seems like she doesn't really... I think she's so used to having just the striking advantage over nearly everybody she fights that there's no recourse. There's no... Like, she can just kind of go in there and do what she does, and it just works, like, 98% of the time. Right. But in that 2%, when it doesn't work, there's no... There's no, like, adjustment, really. Or, right, right. You know? Like, and, and that's part of... That's part of... Well, one, that's part of being, like, a specialist in the sport. Like, okay, the thing I'm good at isn't working. I can't really go to, like, any other phase of fighting... Because I'll get beat there. But at the same time, like you saw, like maybe this has something to do with her losing to Valentina Shevchenko so many times. And like a, a lot of all those fights, if you go back and watch, it's Yoani and Jason King thrown around in the clinch a bunch. So like there, there seemed to be like a, um, the mindset from her team and like, like, you know, from herself that like, Okay, I can't tie up with her because she'll throw me. But if I can't tie up with her, that means I can't throw the volume I'm used to. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw jabs from just slightly out of distance. And then I'm going to try and pot shot her with the right hand. And that worked a little bit. It, it worked better when she went to the body in the later round. Like, at least she won round four, if I'm remembering right. Um, but, like... She looks so uncomfortable trying to initiate striking exchanges. And I I, I don't know the remedy for this because it's not like she has the power to just turn the fight around on like a dime. Especially a Shevchenko who you know, took the worst that Amanda Nunes had to offer and was just able and was able to you know come back and have a competitive match in the third round but yeah no like, I, I i don't see a i, I don't see a remedy for Jack versus Shevchenko. yeah cuz i was going to say like even if she managed to somehow get comfortable in round 1 that's just one part of you trying to right win. like <laughs> that doesn't solve the other myriad of issues that you're still I did not think that strength description was going to be that much like like anytime she wanted to take her down she just took her down and I don't think she really did like a ton with the takedowns yeah. but just the fact that she could just and it, it makes you wonder like even if Joanna you know had there been a moment where maybe she got off a crazy combination and like stunned her all Shevchenko would have had to do is let me tie you up and take you down real quick. Because you just, you can't, you can't get me off of Right. It. Uh, but, oof. Right. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious at this performance, like, I, 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 I'm just curious what a Valentino Shevchenko title reign is going to look like in the immediate future. Because I don't know any of these women who are skilled and or athletic enough to, like, um, for for her to be exploited with, like by like, she she. There's no one at. There, there's no Rose Namajunas at flyweight right now, like we're, who's just like a really dynamic athlete. 
to exploit like your uh, Rose was able to do with uh Yen Jacek. And unlike Nunez who, you know, has the fatal flaw, which is her gas tank, Chechenko could fight for five rounds. Mm. And she has a game built around fighting for as long as she needs to, you know, doing the bare minimum to keep ahead of her opponent. So I'm curious, who who at one twenty five is going to present the challenge? I, to be honest, I think whoever is going to beat Valentina, whoever's going to beat Valentina, yeah, Valentina, they're not in the UFC yet. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's somebody, it's either somebody we haven't seen who's, who's still out there building up a name, or unless I can't even say it's somebody from thirty five who could drop to twenty five because they probably still get ready. Right. Um, and it's definitely not somebody from one fifteen. I mean, uh, maybe possibly, but that's, you know, I think you're still kind of grasping straws. Um, yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck to who's ever uh, in that I'm division. Just, I'm just uh, curious if we see a more active Shevchenko over her reign, or she's just, like, she's just cool cruising to wins. Because we, we saw her where she got the mismatch against Priscilla, um, what was it, Coachella? Hmm. And she just... From the get go, was just like this woman does not deserve to be in the cage with me. Yeah, Molly Wap. <laughs> yeah, it's been like two rounds just beating life out the the life out of her. Uh, Cachoeira, okay. Um, before subbing her, so I'm curious. Like, who, 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 well, I guess Jessica I is next. But like, I, I want to know what her fights look like from now on. Is she going to go out there and? You know, try to, you know, chase that extra $50,000 in fan sentiment. Or is she just cool cruising to 25? Because she doesn't fight like Chevchenko, uh, not Chevchenko, like Yoani and Jacek did that uh, at 115. Like, she's not a volume person. She's a counter person. She's a I'm going to pick my shots very carefully person. She's not coming forward most of the fight. And when she does, and like, she, her grappling game is basically just her just neutralizing whoever's on the bottom. So it'll be interesting to see how her whole run goes. Valentina, if you can somehow hear this podcast, um, go go kill people. Like when they get in there and they have no business being in there, um, just just take them yeah. out, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like. It, it, like there's no money in being the safe champion for for women uh, for women's MMA anyway. Like there probably there is when it's the guys, and you'll get that one guy who comes along who's like, oh my god, like like this is the guy who's going to knock out the champ. But like on the women's side, it's just kind of seen as oh, you know, just another challenger. Uh, either way, I think that run's gonna be dominant. Oh yeah, it's just how dominant and what it'll look she, like. She, but, uh, like, I, I'm foreseeing she passes Ronda's record. Just, just, yeah, ba- re- just re- based re- on like, I, I don't know who beats her in the next three years. She could very well become one of those cases of where like it's almost she's so dominant that it might not be fun. That's <laughs> like, probably gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's gonna just put beatings on everybody, and after a while, we're gonna be like, "All right, man, 
Like, <laughs> can, is there anybody out there who can do something? I mean, hmm. I was going to say, Yoani and Jisha couldn't do it. I mean, jo- Joanna Calderwood is probably, Joanna Calderwood, Arian Lipsky winner is probably in line for the title after I. Um, trying to think of the UFC flyweight rankings, like, right now. We know Nico's never getting that fight. Nico might not even be in the promotion soon, like, if we're being honest. Uh, I mean, I, I could see them putting Nico out there against her just to punish her. He's like, oh, you thought you were going to avoid this ass whooping? <laughs> that type of deal? Yeah. <laughs> Nico goes in and pulls off the upset of the century. Yeah, uh, maybe she <laughs> drops down and goes for a rematch. But like, beyond that, it's like Liz Carmouche. Um, I don't know. Uh, who? So uh, Sajar's going up to thirty-five. Yeah, thirty-five. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, Ashley Evan Smith. Like. Mm. Yeah, just not a lot of. All y'all getting beat. <laughs> like. I, I guess KGB Lee. I, I can see them getting trying to get her a title shot. Um, I think all y'all are about to get. Oh started. yeah, like and, uh, best of luck to uh, any of you. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, we I mean we've seen crazier things. Maybe somebody gets lucky, they slip a big right hand or something. But like, I, I, I need to see. I'm not like I need to see somebody. Like, for example, um, Rosama Yunus, like, I need to see somebody with that athletic and, like, with that potential, you know? I was going to think, the, the one way I could see her losing is because, like you said, she's not a volume person. And we saw it in the, you know, the Nunez fight, like, that wasn't the most exciting fight in the world. I could see somebody maybe, like, if they can find a way to outpoint her. And like eke out a really close and probably boring fight, <laughs> like maybe. Mm. But still, best of luck with that, because you're probably still gonna get countered and side kicked and uppercutted. Yeah, and maybe Tatiana Suarez outgrows one fifteen, and she's just like, she is pretty big. Yeah, she she maybe she could, because I think yeah, I think if she got up to one twenty five, she'd be pretty big. I don't know. Maybe Helen Morales comes from. Uh, maybe she's like, I don't want to do the 2020 Olympics. I'm. I'm gonna just go. Um, I'm gonna just go do MMA and take all the titles. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, good luck. Good luck, yeah, to y'all. That, that's uh, probably the best. Out. That's probably the best answer. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> have Have fun. Go Go be all you can be uh, against Valentina, and hopefully you you make it out. Uh, make it out okay. But uh, prop to Valentina, man, new uh, new new women's flyweight champ, and it's it's looking like it's it's gonna stay that way for a while. Uh, moving on down the card, Gunnar Nelson and Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Um, man, I had to eat crow in this fight. I think right before this card started, um, I like Gunnar Nelson, but I was like, man, I think Cowboy's gonna catch him on the chin and probably get him out of there, and it's probably not gonna be pretty. And boy, was I wrong. Um. Gunner leaped in with a left hand real quick, got a clinch, <laughs> took Cowboy down, 
had had to had to battle through a blatant fence grab. <laughs> Cowboy was not trying to take the ride. Ruff had to reposition him. Gonna get some down again. Had the body triangle in pretty much most of that round. Uh, Cowboy did reverse it. Um, he had some violent ground and pound, man. He he tried to punch Gunner's face off, and that that like maybe 30 second to like minute span where he actually had top position he tried to kill Gunner. yeah um, Gunner's, so <laughs> i'm surprised Gunner's face didn't know like it, it didn't cut up or anything because like it was freaking red yeah yeah he ate some he ate some hard shots but um he, he survived that that little flurry second round come uh i don't know if it was in Oliveira's, but I, I mean i get i get what Oliveira was trying to do because he was landing such like crazy ground and pound, so I, I think his strategy going into the second was I'm gonna pressure him and get him down, and if I can get top position, I can end this. Um, he pressed him against the cage, but Gunner ended up reversing him, took him to the ground. Uh, Gunner got full mount, and it was kind of over from there. Like he kind of patiently, kind of methodically worked his way to where he needed to go, and then he caught Cowboy with some elbows. And when I say blood was flying everywhere, like, I don't know how many of you guys saw the Mortal Kombat 11 trailer that just came out, <laughs> but, like, when I say blood was flying everywhere, I mean, it was flying everywhere. Like, that one or two, one, I think he threw, threw a couple elbows, but I've never seen that much blood fly off of, like, one cut, and... Like, he got battered. He ended up, like, giving his back up. Gunner choked him out. Before he even really yeah. had his back completely. Yeah. I, I think it was one of those things where, like, after those elbows, man, Cowboy probably saw all that blood, and I think he was like, yo, like, what? <laughs> what just happened? Right. <laughs> like, why is there a horror movie on my face? And I don't know if you saw um thing like the day after. They posted the, the stitch. Mm-hmm. That he had to get. It looked like the Jesus cross, but like the whole. It was like the Jesus cross minus the left side. Like it was just like. It was like the downward part, and then there was like a bottom left. <laughs> like, like it was bad. Like, but props to Gunner, man. Um, I don't always feel like we go a while without seeing him, and then he just randomly pops back up. Right. Um, Apparently, he's on like he's actual. Like he's on like a actual fighter regiment now where he has a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, he looked, um, he looked bigger. Like, he looked, I mean, he's never, like, been, like, out of shape, out of shape. But, like, he looks a lot more, like, defined now. Like, he definitely looks like he's been, looking. right. He, he's, he's definitely been on the, he, he's been on the, the, the bench press. He, he's been getting it in. But, uh, nah, man, Gunner, 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 Gunner did the thing, man. He, he held it down. He caused the blood scene. And he, he got a nice choke out. And he, he goes on to a win. Yeah, um, I, I'm curious if he's still with SGB or whatever, S, SBG. I think so, I want to say. Because Joey sent me something about, like, a lot of the, um, a, a lot of those Icelandic dudes just up and bounced over the past year because of Connor and his team just basically going full, you know, crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i was i was curious if um gunner was still there but apparently still is but um no it's like 
the problem with Gunner is he has a it has always been like he has a very strong sense of the fighter he wants to be, and it's the type of dude who only does like certain like I I I'm just call it cool shit that like that Gunner approves of. It's not the stuff that you know, it, it's not the ugly stuff. The, the stuff that makes the difference between whether you, you, uh, your punch lands or um, so the dude's able to slip it and counter. And uh, I, I, I hope, because he's a ridiculously talented guy, a gunner. Like, this is a guy, this is a guy who has world championship potential. It's all about just putting in the right type of work. And that's not me calling him lazy. That's just me saying, like, okay, you, like, you can't go into a grappling match with Damian Maya and just expect to win. You know what I mean? Like, you, right. you can't let guys walk you down and like out and out throw you and expect to catch them and be able to sub them or not like straight up knock them out. Oh. Like, those are things you just can't count on. Especially in this sport where, like, everything, like, all the skill sets are getting better all the time. So, it's, it's good to see that he, he's actually taking this, I don't want to say taking it seriously, but, like, he's putting in the extra effort to learn the parts of the sport he doesn't really like. Which, like, he, like again, like, there's a dude who did no strength and conditioning up until last year. And it, it definitely paid yeah. off. And I like how like aggressive he was. Like he came out, like I said, he was he seemed like he had a plan. Right. Like he, he wasn't like lack lax the days of Kalali. Like he kinda he had an idea of what he was trying to do. And he, he just went out there and did it. And uh left, left a murder scene behind him. <laughs> but nah man, yeah, Gun Gunner Nelson, man. Good, good, um, good, good comeback win for him. Uh, sucks for Cowboy, but you know he'll be back. He, he's too violent. We'll we'll see him again soon. But I hope that uh, hope that forehead's okay, man. That was a nasty uh, <laughs> nasty elbow that he took. Um, man, this main card was really violent. Um, or there there was a lot of good, a lot a lot of good happenings on the main card. Moving down the list, Hakeem Dawadu, Kyle Bakniak, um. I was actually pretty excited for this fight. I like Dawadu. Um, I was a fan of him when he was in... I think they were still called World Series of Fighting back then, once upon a time. Um, no, I saw him in World Series of Fighting. Um, he seemed like a really talented dude. I can't remember how long his stint over there was. Um, but, like, he showed flashes of, like, being somebody who had, like, some potential. Um, obviously, I think his... He lost the debut, right? That was the one where Knocked he Knocked out, yeah, by Danny yeah. Henry or something. Yeah. So debut didn't go as well, but he since bounced back. Um, I was excited for this matchup because this, to me, was the perfect style match where I knew he could show off like what he could do. Um, because you know, Bakniak's a madman. He'll he'll give you the opportunity <laughs> to get your licks off, um, and that's kind of what we saw. Like that would do pretty much over the course of three rounds. Just pretty much. Put on a, a nice little Muay Thai slash kickboxing display. Dude is really fast with his hands. Um, does a nice job of mixing it up to the body with the head, uh, leg kicks, front kicks. Um, 
he has a, just a really nice arsenal of strikes, and he's really, like I said, just crazy fast and athletic um, and, and pretty pinpoint with his strikes. So he was just able to just kind of display his his striking skill set. And Bokniak, like, tried to slow the fight down with takedowns and grappling, but he could never really keep Dalvadu down for more than, like, a couple seconds at a time. And then once they got back to the feet, it was pretty clear who was better. Like, Dalvadu just more combinations, faster, more creative, able to mix it up more. Um, he ended up getting the... Somehow this fight went to split decision. Because one of the judges scored this fight 29-28 for Bokniak. I don't know where that That's came insane. From. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where. I don't know what that judge was watching. I don't know if he fell asleep and just maybe woke up in a moment where Bokniak landed a punch. I don't know what he saw. But there's no way this fight was a split decision. Dawadu clearly won this fight. Like, no debates. It, it wasn't really close. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, man, good good win for Dawadu. Uh, I like him as a, a prospect. I'm not sure how far he goes, but I think, like, with his skill set, at the least, he can give you some exciting fights. Um, you just got to see how, you know, how, how much he can improve, what else he can add to his game, you know, so on and so forth. All, all the things you want to see from a... Uh, prospect, but um, not good. Good striking display from him, and just kind of showcasing just his his striking ability and what he can do. Uh, yeah, no, uh, really good performance from um, Dawadu. Really able to mix it up, um, body uh, like body, nice body punching on display. Um, did a good job of keeping uh, Bakniak in front of him, uh, not never really letting him land clean. Um, Bagnac's really inconsistent because sometimes he'll fight like he did in the third round of that Zabit fight where he's just like, fuck it. And then he throws down and just chases after him. But like, like a lot of the time he also fights like he did against Brandon Davis where he just like circles on the outside for 15 minutes. And it's a lot of ineffectual circling because he doesn't really attack guys while they're turning to catch him. He just kind of like, okay, I'm a circle, I'm a circle, I'm a circle, then I'm a stop. I'm gonna let you set your feet, and then we're gonna throw, and see who's like the tougher guy. And there was a lot of that in this fight. And I'm not sure if it's because he was like put off by um, Dawadu's like offense, but like that, like, well, Dawadu has like really fast hands and feet, but he's not a really quick mover. Like. Uh, um, so like, I was surprised. Like, he he didn't really try to catch. He didn't really try to turn and catch him or anything like that. So Dawood was basically just getting invited into pocket exchanges where he's the quicker guy, he's the more technically sound guy, and he's the guy with a deeper arsenal. So yeah, it, it was basically him just winning the same exchanges over and over and over again. And it was a really good performance all around. Um, like, Bakniak is a dude who's just going to give you three rounds, uh, three tough rounds. So, um, just really all-around style performance from, uh, from Dawadu. We'll see, uh, how long he can keep that going. Could be some fun fights for him, if he can keep, keep up, uh, Curious. 
keep up what he's got going on. Yeah, like he, two wins in the UFC: Kyle Botniak, Austin Arnett, both solid, solid W's to have. So, especially for a dude as early in his career as he is. Yeah. So, keep keep an eye on Dowdy, man. He might be somebody to somebody to watch in the future. Boy, oh boy, this next fight. <laughs> this, If there was ever a fight that was the perfect fight to start off a main card with, it, it was this. <laughs> Tiago Santos versus Jimmy Manoa. Do you, I mean... Do, uh, real quick, when, do you remember what we said in uh, Tiago Santos first floated the idea he might go up to 205 after he, uh, he beat Kevin Holland? Uh, I think the exact words were, "Do you really think he can't beat Jimmy Manoa?" <laughs> boy, oh boy! And did did he ever? <laughs> I mean, like you see a you see you see this matchup, and you 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 know off top, there's only one way this fight's gonna end. They're both gonna throw. Somebody's gonna die. That's the only way this fight can go. There, there are no other options. Like they're just gonna throw, and somebody's just not gonna make it out alive. Um, and that's what happened over the course of two rounds. Um, they they didn't waste no time. By like the 15 second mark, <laughs> Santos almost got Manuel out of there. Like he caught him with a right and dropped him. Manuel got back up. He got clipped again. Got dropped again. Um, I thought Manuel played it smart though. Like when he would get clipped, you know, he he hit the nice recovery mode. I'm gonna push you up against the fence. We just gonna chill out here a little bit. But even against the cage, like Manuel would push him up against the cage. But anytime they broke away, somebody threw something really violent. Like I'm gonna break away, but here's an elbow, or I'm gonna knee you a couple of really really violently hard times. Like. <laughs> Every shot they threw, whether it was in the clinch, breaking away from a clinch, or any exchange, like, they were just throwing the kill the entire time. Um, I mean, Manuel did fire back. He um, he landed some nice elbows and power shots against the cage. Um, Santos, out of nowhere, started throwing these crazy kicks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess throwing hands wasn't doing it. He got off some crazy, I don't want to call it a capoeira kick. I don't know what it was. But he did some kind of like, <laughs> some kind of flipping, I don't know what it was. If you watch the fight, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> but he did some kind of wild kick. But um, nah, man, they they were throwing haymakers. Um, yeah, man, they they were both just tagging each other um, for the first second. They both rocked each other. It, it was a just, it went the way you thought it would. And then in the second round, Pretty much married the first. They didn't waste any time. They go back to trading shots and throwing like they're just trying to kill each other. Um, Santos caught him with a nice knee. Um, Manuel got caught. When you get caught with your back against the cage against a guy like Santos, that's, you know, that's a recipe for death. Um, he had his back near the cage. He got caught with a flurry of shots. And, like, he, <laughs> he tried to counter back, and then he... He, he ate a left hook or a left hand, and he just... It was an uppercut. Oh. He ate a left Uppercut, then left up. hook, then death. Yeah. <laughs> and then sack of potatoes 
just yeah this was <laughs> this was one of, this was such an exciting as much as we make fun of 205 this this put a smile on my face it, this, this fight reminded me why we make fun of 205 right <laughs> but it, it was, was fun, fun. Like, it was yeah it I'm was just it curious was why they fought like they were on skates the whole fight Well, I don't know. I don't know if you saw, but um, there was an article I saw like right after the fight. Well, probably like the next day, where like <laughs> Tiago Santos said they had a game plan going into this fight, and he changed it right before the fight started. <laughs> that, that is the most bullshit. That's a two. <laughs> Tiago Santos only knows how to fight one way. <laughs> And that is exactly what we saw. Like, game plan. What is a game plan for Tiago? He doesn't game plan. There's no game the, plan. The, the game plan is I I have a hammer on my yes. chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's the game plan, sir. I have a hammer tattooed on I'm going to kill you. <laughs> there is no game plan other than you're dying. Like, one of us is not going to leave this cage alive. And it's probably going to be you. <laughs> I think he's tied for like most knockouts or or not like most knockouts like um hold up let me see real quick yeah he has yeah he, he has some kind of like he has 10 knockouts in the UFC or 10 TKO KO stoppages or whatever so like he, ha- he has to have he has to be at least getting close by the time he's done, I predict that he will be the winner, the owner of most knockouts in UFC history. Like it's inevitable. Put up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine, ten. He got ten stoppage victories, all by TKO, KO, Doctor Stoppage. Yeah, and uh. A bad man. <laughs> that is a bad man. Um, listen, man, we said this so many times on this podcast. If you're a middleweight and it's not going too well, and you have an ounce of athletic ability and power, put on them extra pounds and just, 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 just move on up. Just, 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 just make it. Look at you, David Branch. Yeah. Look, David Branch, Wadman, all everybody. Like, just just jump ship. You can breathe life into this division and kill people along the way, and we will all be thankful. I mean, and the UFC will it's, be better. It's easy for it. main card slots, like. I'm trying to like. Diego Santos could beat Corey Anderson. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> he definitely could. <clears throat> like, Tiago Santos in a title shot by like the end of next year isn't far fetched. No, it's not. He just beat the number seven. <laughs> he he owns a win over the guy currently ranked at what number number three. <laughs> and like 
Tiago could beat Anthony Smith again. Tiago could beat Vulcan. It could happen. Tiago versus Larry Latifi. Mmm. Right? That's like Kratos versus... A slightly shorter Kratos. <laughs> right. <laughs> Kratos and little Kratos. <laughs> I mean, one has a hammer tattooed on his chest. The other is oh, yeah. the sledgehammer. Yeah. It, it, it oh, books that's right. itself. That's, oh, that, yeah, that has to happen now. All right, we've got to send some emails, tag some people. That's That's got to be a fight. Either way, if he has to get the Coriander's at first. <laughs> I forgot that fight was happening. Cory the goat. <laughs> but nah, that that yeah. Santos Manoa, you you wanted violence, you got violence. We all knew what this fight was gonna be, and it went down it it stuck the script. It did not break form, it went the the only way it could have. And uh you know, poor Manoa, he had to be on the receiving end of uh, such violence. But listen, man, when you fight a dude with a hammer tattooed on you his chest... You know what you're getting yourself into. Like, yeah, you know what you signed up for. You know, it is what it is. But props to Santos, man. I'm so glad he's at 205. He, he's like must-see TV. Like, you just, you know, win or lose, there's the violence is just it's around the corner anytime he's there. I put this on Twitter, man. His next, Tiago Santos's next KO is just going to be him ripping the tattoo off his chest and he's just going to beat somebody with it. Like, yeah, he's, he's going to rip the hammer off his chest and he's just going to go off. Man, I'm, yeah. He, he's one of those fighters I look at, I'm like, I'm, I'm glad that you're just here. I'm glad you exist. I know no matter what happens on a card, it could be terrible from top to bottom. But I know your fight is going to give me something. Whether you win or lose, I know I'm going to be entertained. So, shout out to Tiago Santos, man. At 205, doing doing work. Um, so, that, that was the main card. And that main card for me was pretty awesome. Like, even though the people I rooted for and the co-main and main event lost, like, just in terms of quality... You got everything. You got really violent fights. You got really bloody fights. You got great technical performances. And then in the main event, you got like an all-out war and a, a masterful performance from the champ. Like, I don't know what else you could have gotten from this main guard. It, it, it gave you pretty much everything. Like that Holloway, Ortega, that like, uh, Holloway's part, that's like, I'm trying to think of like all-time great performances by like the champion in a title fight. And that's got to be up there. Yeah, that's it's yeah, that's up there. It's definitely up there. Like I I remember that that was one of those fights, like I said, I was rooting for Ortega, but when it was over, I was just like in awe. Like, yo, this kid is really I knew he was good. <laughs> but like <laughs> he's 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 better than I think I've been giving him credit for. And it's not like I've even been taking slights at him, but dude's on another level. Another level. Um, but that was the main card. If you guys didn't watch it, that main card is awesome. Go back and watch all of the main card fights. They're all really, really good. Um, there's, there's something there for everybody. Um, so that was the main card of UFC 231. Moving on to the Fox Sports 1 prelims. Uh, the feature prelim, Nina Anzaroff and Claudia... Um, Adelia, 
interesting fight, man. This didn't. This fight did not go <laughs> the way I had this fight in my head, and the way it played out was a. Uh, I feel yeah. like yeah, neither did I, but I feel like we probably might have. We probably should have seen something like this coming eventually. You know what I mean? But it. And, I, no, I, 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 not I that I didn't think it would happen, but against Ant. Ansarov wasn't the person who I thought was like yeah no this wasn't the Nina Ansarov who fought Angela Hill Mm-mm. like th- this is completely realized Nina Ansarov that went in there yeah. and did you know did did the work um right. like Koya Gadella comes out in the first round has a very Koya Gadella round um that, like works answer off a bit on the feet, gets her down a bit, I think. Could be remembering that wrong, but point being, she wins the first round, and then loses the last two, pretty clearly. Mm. And, what, like, one-sidedly, almost. And, like, I never thought we'd see, like, outfighter Nina Ansaroff like, her, like, she always just kind of seems like, I'm going to sit in the pocket, and I'm going to throw my strikes no matter what. And if they land, they land. And if they don't, you know, what, whatever. But, no, she was in the, she, she, she was just on point from the second round on. Just out kickboxed the crap out of Godella. That side kick she landed in the first round. <laughs> when I saw that Tekken sidekick she landed, I was like, oh, this fight's about to turn around. It's, uh, I don't know what happened to Gedalia in, like, the second and third. Yes, that's just her thing. It's just now it started, like, I, I really think we're just past the point where Gedalia's going to be, like, an elite fighter moving forward. Like, whether it's, like, it's a combination of weight cut, like, weight cut, damage... Just like year, like years and years of fighting, because she's been fighting for like ten years. Like the Joanna and Jacek fight was hell for her. The Jessica Andrade fight was extremely hell for her. Like, I, I, I honestly <laughs> gotta think that just took the, like the last bit of her prime. And the Carla Esparza fight, which she won, but like she also got the crappy out of her. And she got dropped yeah. a couple times, if I remember right. Yeah, she she. She won, quote unquote. Right. So like, <laughs> I I think this is just it for her. Like this this is the this is the Goodell we get moving forward. And meanwhile, Nina on the other end, yeah, like she, them second and third rounds, boy, she was on it. Like, she just put on a nice little kickboxing clinic, just jabs, combination, good use to distance. Cadelia's trying to get takedowns. Now we're not having that in second and third. Get away from me. Um, <laughs> like, she, she, yeah, she really got off in those second and third rounds. And she looked really good doing it. Like, she looked like a completely different fighter than from, like, the last, like, two or three times I've seen her fight. She looked fluid. And, like, that's just not something I'm used to seeing from Nina Ansaroff. Like, um... Nina, uh, I, I remember Nina Ansaroff as the woman who knocked out my aunt's best friend, um, Muna Holland, back at Invicta, like, seven. And, like, in that fight, like, she was hella robotic, like, really stiff. 
but now with it, like she's like I I don't know what's changed in her camp. Um. Well, they they said during commentary for her that it was never um it was never like a a talent thing. Like apparently they said like she had a lot of mental blocks. Uh. Like she took fights like really hard. Like so like if she if she lost or had a bad performance, she took it like, oh, this is over. Like, she put, like, a crazy amount of, I guess, like, pressure on herself. I can see that. And it just, yeah, and it just kind of, like, you know, it kind of messed up her performances. And this was the finally a fight where she was like, you know what? If I win, great. If I lose, it's not the end of the world. Like, I'm going to go in here, and I'm going to just kind of, I'm going to just do what I do. And it looked like that. Because, like you said, she was fluid. She looked comfortable. She, everything outside of that first round, and I mean, even there was still parts of the first round, like, she just, everything just seemed like it clicked. And I'm like, if if we get this answer off from here on out, you know, that's that's good looks. Like, that's a, you know, insert new challenger here. <laughs> like, I, 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 I was mean, she just beat the I number really three impressed. woman of the division. Yeah, pretty handy. Yeah, you know what that means. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does bring up an interesting question, though. Like, does the UFC leapfrog Jessica Andrade and Tatiana Suarez for Nina Ansaroff? Uh, nah. I don't think so. Only because, like, I don't know. I, I think Ansaroff, well, damn, damn. Goodell, was number three. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can see it. Because I feel like Andrade and Suarez are just, they're right yeah. there. And the way Suarez is out, really both of them, but the way Suarez is out here handling people, it's, it's I mean, she's been like from day one, you looked at her and like, oh yeah, she's she's about to wreck shot. But I mean, Anzaroff, at, at, at the bare minimum, my hat's in the, my hat's in the conversation now, like. You gotta, you gotta at least mention my name now. I'm, I'm, I'm peeking around that, that corner. Um, but nah, that, that's, that's a really great performance from her, man. That was really impressive. Um, yeah, man, keep, keep that up. Like, you, you, you get another win like that. There's no reason why you wouldn't. Like I said, she's pretty much in that title shot conversation. I just, I don't know if I would leapfrog her over, um, Suarez or Andrade, but she's pretty much right there. Like. She'll 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 stick around in that conversation um, as long as she can keep this up. But shout outs to Anzaroff. Whatever mental block she overcame, hey man, it worked. Keep keep doing that, and good good things are, are bound to happen. So shout outs to Anzaroff, man. Really really impressive performance. Uh, moving on, uh, next fight: Olivier Oban uh, Mercier and Gilbert Burns. Yeah, this is the one I actually didn't see because I didn't know was on the card until like two hours ago yeah so oh so by the way people i was i i saw none of this card live except for like theodoro andrews which i caught at like a pizzeria right before <laughs> i went to the cal the, the ucal um what was it san diego state game so I, I, I caught like zero of this card live, so I I had no idea who was fighting outside like the the main card. 
uh, up until uh, I started rewatching the fights. So this is actually a pretty fun fight. I was looking forward to this because Burns has showed like his striking is is, is coming coming along. Um, so I, I was looking forward to this fight. I feel like these are two scrappy dudes, and it, it kind of played out played out like that. Like it was a really nice it was it was a nice back and forth fight. Um, Olivier came out really uh, pressure heavy in like the first round. Um, he was really he caught uh, Gilbert with a nice little flurry against the cage, but uh, I think Burns' striking just has come a pretty long way. He caught <laughs> he caught <laughs> Mercier with some body kicks, and I don't remember when it happened. It might have been by about round two. That the the mark that his body kick left looked like he got bit by like a tiger or something. Like it was it was really nasty looking, but um. No, nah, they had a nice back and forth, but Burns, um, I think in the second round, um, no, it was the first round. He actually dropped Olivier with a nice left hook, um, landed some ground and pound, but uh, Olivier had some pretty good recovery. Like, he was able to get get his wits back about him. Um, he survived that round, and he kept keeping the pressure up. He would land good shots. He caught some, he did some nice counters. Um, I think he did, I think he did stun, um, Burns for a second, but in that second and third round, uh, Burns was able to just kind of grapple his way through, and well, that's kind of how he sealed the fight with his grappling. Um, but I think Burns just kind of improved striking, and him being the better grappler kind of won him the fight. Um, but not from lack of effort from Mercier, like he was putting on pressure, but I don't know, Gil- Gilbert was just a little more solid. So that was a. Uh, that was how that fight went. Um, you know the you know the fight you should have skipped. I'm assuming it's. <laughs> you, you, you say that, but I thought it was a fine fight. But then again, I didn't sit uh, through like six hours of broadcasting to get to it. So. Yeah, this is this. Uh, all right, all right. Here's the thing. Let me be fair. Why do I feel like Joey is watching this? Like he saw this fight and he just cussed at his screen. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> he just started kicking and screaming. It, this fight wasn't, you know, you know what made this fight like lackluster? It's not that the fight was like terrible. It was it was a, a decent like back and forth like kickboxing match, and mixed in with like some clinch work. I think the my entire thought process this whole fight was like like I watched the first round, I'm like, okay, nice back and forth scrap. You know, both of them doing their thing. Uh, you know, second round, I was putting on the pressure. Um and she she did that really well. I'll give her credit for that. Like in the latter half of this fight she did a really good job of putting on pressure and oh, I didn't even mention, uh the fight I'm talking about is Jessica uh <laughs> versus Caitlin uh Chikagan. But um Jessica I did a really good job in the second half of the fight, like really putting on pressure and Caitlin was just kinda of playing the the outside the entire time. Um and Jessica was just kinda of able to be aggressive. Um but I was just watching this fight in the second and third round. I'm thinking of the co main event and I'm like, How would either of you do against Valentina or Joanna? I'm like, Yeah, I think both of y'all would get lit up. <laughs> and then watching it the day after, after Valentina won, I'm like, oh yeah, you're both y'all was yeah, this yeah. But like from my understanding, because I don't I don't I don't know what the rankings are at flyweight. Are, are the yeah, well, you think we mentioned it earlier? Whoever won this was pretty much in line for the next shot. Yep. 
So I mean, Kayla Jukagian heading into this fight was ranked number three. Mm. Well, uh, good luck uh, to those women. Uh, but no, I mean, like it was a it was a decent fight. Like it was a decent back and forth kickboxing match. Uh, in the post fight interview, Jessica I accused Joe Rogan of uh, you know, looking at the cheeks. She had a long speech. <laughs> I don't know why, Jessica like... Jessica is so freaking weird. She's... Like, she threatened to sue a journalist. Like, I feel like I mention this every time she fights, but she threatened to sue a journalist because she failed a drug test in Texas, and I guess they didn't <laughs> tell her about it, or, like, whatever. And then she was... She was, like... She, she failed for weed. And she was, like... Like, there was a whole bunch of different stories about, like why she failed the test like one was like oh she was with her father who was smoking weed and like medical marijuana and he she got it secondhand and um then like if like she was finally like yeah i think i might have had weed brownies (laughs) i'm like what the fuck is wrong with this i realized during her post fight that like I don't know if it's that I've never heard her talk or if this is just the first time I've really ever, like, paid attention to her. But I was like, is she always like this? Or is this just, like, post-fight adrenaline's pumping and I'm just, you know, because I get it, like, you're in the moment and, you know, you just want to fight and it's a big fight and you're, you know, you're pretty much all but probably going to get a title shot. So, you know, you're definitely feeling yourself. But I was like, is she always, like, you know, she, I don't know. She's from Ohio, it's fine. <laughs> the Midwest strikes again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, she is, she she is an oddball. Yeah, she's out there a little bit. But, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm look at the picture now. She's not lying about Joe Rogan straight her ass. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd watch that Joe Rogan episode, but you know. Pretty sure she'll be on that. Uh, she'll probably be on that podcast, man. He's been busy. He had Deontay Wilder and Bisping was on there earlier today too. So she'll she'll probably pop up on the the uh, the, the Joe Rogan schedule. But um, yeah. <laughs> so, that 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 was that was a cool fight. It's um, it's interesting because she's or, technically like what four and five in the UFC. I guess well yeah five and five because the because the Kaufman fight got overturned, but she won it so. Take that with a whatever you want. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I'm not going to really throw, you know, shade at her. I mean, she, she from what I saw on social media, she doesn't seem to have a lot of fans. <laughs> uh, I, I think her, her personality kind of rubs people the wrong way. Nah, I get it. Um, but, hey, Wait, man, you go in there. She, you, let's be real. She got, got a lot of animosity for... Um, just her record like she, like before flyway she was one in five in the ufc yeah and she still had a job like like hell i remember her from back when she was on the regional scene and um she was the ring of combat 130 pound champion because one she refused to make like 125 for whatever reason and then like I don't remember the exact circumstances, but basically Lou Neglia threatened to never book another woman's bout ever again. That's kind of Yeah, be, just, because, <laughs> because she... 
Oh, you know what? Well, she ended up leaving. She went to go fight in like some other um, uh, promotion that Stephen Bocious was fighting in the NAFF, the NAAFS, something like that. North American Association fight something. I don't know. Um, like and like, Lou had this fake ass title for a division that doesn't exist made for her, and she was really upset. And he was really upset about her leaving, and like never defending it. So. I think that's what that situation was. But, yeah, no. Um, so, like, I, 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 I've been known to rub people the wrong way. Yeah. But, I had to deal with her. She'll, she'll be in the title shot probably soon. It's so. just, it's like yeah. the early days of Strawway when, like, Veronica, uh, not Veronica, uh, Laterno, Valerie Laterno was getting a title shot because she had three wins in a row and, that's what they had available at the time, so I'm I'm, I'm fine with it. It is what I'm it fine is. With it. Yeah. it is what it is until this division, because it got to fill out more. So like, They're, like half the top women in this division aren't even in the UFC. Like Uma right. and Carlos <laughs> out there, they just got Ari- Ariane Lipinski. Um, got the woman who fights in one whose name escapes me. The um, the strawweight champion who's technically the flyweight champion because weight classes. <laughs> Angela Lee. No, no, no. Um, not Angela Lee. Panda. The other one. Yeah, the one, the one she was supposed yeah. to fight. Uh, Jean, Jean, Jean. God, what's her name? I like her too, and I don't remember her name. I know you're talking about though. No, she's really good. Um, but yeah, the, the division will eventually fill out more. But hey, for now, it is what it is, man. You know, just she's in the title shot. Probably you just gotta accept it. Um. But that's how it is. Next fight. Elias Theodoru and Eric Anders. Um, a lot of movement <laughs> on Theodoru's part in this fight. Even um, I, I have one note that I, ran, I wrote down about this fight. And it was um, Bootleg Whitaker Romero 2. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of movement from Elias, a lot of circling around, a lot of shadow boxing. <laughs> yeah, there was some of that going on. There were strikes that were thrown that didn't necessarily hit anything. Uh, they were coming from a lot of angles. Um, there was some clinch work going on. I think Anders was just looking at him like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, That's part of the gameplay. You yeah, found him. <laughs> yeah, like, I think Anders was just was befuddled uh, for a while. And then he got mad in the second round and he cracked him in his jaw. <laughs> he, he finally caught Elias in the second round. He cracked him with a left. Uh, he, had, he had Elias hit, hit a mini little stinky leg. But um, I think he dropped Elias actually too in the second round. Might have been third. He, he definitely dropped him at one point. Um, but Elias was surviving the rounds. This, this this was one of the... This, I don't need to drag this out. This this match was cat and mouse. Elias, I'm going to move around a lot. I'm going to throw some strikes. I'm going to clinch a little bit. And then I'm going to break away. And I'm going to keep moving. And Anders is just... I'm going to follow you around until I punch you in the face. Because I'm tired of you moving so much. And every now and then he would catch him. He, he caught him a lot towards the latter half of the fight. Um... 
but Elias ended up getting the split decision, and in his post-fight, he cut a medical marijuana promo, and uh, that was pretty much how that went. Yeah. Eric Andrews beat the crap out of him in that second round, though. He did. <laughs> uh, like, this is a reminder that, like, once you leave the top ten at middleweight, it's pretty desolate. Like, I, I don't. I, Leonard Garcia would have been an amazing middleweight. <laughs> oh man! Just, just being strong and active and tough will get you so far. So so far in these divisions. Yeah, I don't think we need to, um, we don't need to, uh, expand on that, but Theodoru, split decision win, a game of cat Keep and hitting that air, bro. <laughs> Hope the medical marijuana thing works out, though. I, I, I will support your, uh, your fight in that. Um, shadow boxing, not so much, but, you know, hey, it got the win, so what do I know? Moving on. Brad Katona, Matthew Lopez. Um, it was a pretty cool, uh, it was a pretty nice scrap. Uh, pretty good pace the whole time. Katona, did a, I think, did a better job of kind of mixing it up. Uh, Lopez tried to get a few takedowns, couldn't really do a ton with him. And Lord, by like the second and third round, I don't know what happened to Lopez, but that gas tank was gone. And, and Katona, he never slowed down. Like, he never got the memo that we were supposed to get tired. And he just kind of kept going. <laughs> he kept mixing it up and just kept landing. And then Lopez was just kind of just there, like, trying to survive. And then the end of this fight was really weird, where Katona uh, has uh, Lopez's back. He sinks in a choke. The horn sounds. Lopez could not stand back up. Like, he was literally crawling on his knees and had to get help <laughs> from the ref, which I was wondering, like, is that legal? I thought they couldn't help him after that. Or was it because it was the end of the fight? I end don't know. of the fight. Yeah. So he had to literally get help to stand back up. All signs would point to that that choke at some point put him out. Yeah. Um, because that looked like a man who did not know what was going on after he got back up. Yeah. No. Uh, what's her name? Uh... Celine Haga, who who had a very similar situation with Amy Montenegro back to Victor 21, um, where she hit a choke, the bell sounded, and uh, Montenegro was out cold, and the ref called, uh, said, was said she was saved by the bell. So, I, 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 I'm 100% sure the rules say you can't be saved by the bell. So, Catone... Um, should have gotten the Katona should have got the submission win, but you know, at, at least he won the card. I guess like he, he looked pretty, yeah. and he looked pretty good in the process. Like he he placed his shots really well, uh, was doing really well moving around in there. Didn't get sucked into Lopez's fight. Um, you know, got he got he was a contender series guy, hmm? right? Was he a contender? I series guess guy? he was a tough guy. 
I mean, it's hard to tell the difference anymore. Didn't, yeah, didn't he win tough or something? Yeah, yeah, he was on. He was on one of those shows. So I mean, just just off of that, like that's a good performance coming out of from tough. Yeah, he won tough twenty seven. Okay, all right. I know. Yeah, I knew he was on one of those shows. Yeah, so he beat That's a good like to see one of their winners and you know prospects put on a performance like that. Good, it's a good sign. Speaking of it's tough, having to get robbed of a finish. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Tough in more ways than. Oof. <laughs> Next fight, boy. Well, now I was talking about both of them having been on tough. Oh, I didn't know Lopez was on tough. I didn't. Know oh no no, no uh, Lapriz. Oh yeah. Next fight, uh, Chad Lapriz, uh, Diego Lima. Um, man, you know, life, life happens fast sometimes, guys, it just, sometimes things are going well until, like, they're just not, and sometimes, like, you think, you think you have life figured out, and, uh, you don't, <laughs> Laprise Le- came out real aggressive, he looked like he was really trying to set the tone, like, he put the pressure on Lima immediately, He's throwing power strikes. He's he's throwing combinations. He's getting leg kicks off. He's you know, that he he looked like a man who was going out there like I'm trying to get you out of here. I'm I'm trying to put on a dominant performance, and I'm 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 about to just put you to sleep. And Lima spent a lot of well I can't say a lot of the fight because the fight didn't last but so long. But like he was on the defensive for most of the fight. Like. Laprise was literally like <laughs> he was chasing this man down, trying trying to trying to get his strikes off, um, and Lima was trying to time the counters, and uh, out of nowhere, we we get a nice uh, we get a nice little step in left hook, and Laprise whole body is over, lights shut off, um, yeah, sold the parts, all that good stuff. And and just in that one quick second, it was all over. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice um, I get like like show the jab, switch up to the hook, because you you see Laprise reach down and forward with his right arm uh, as uh, Lima comes forward. Um, has has any other person lost in like two separate finals? For tough, besides Diego Lima, ah, uh, so that'd be history. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, because yeah, because he lost in like he lost to Eddie Gordon and then he lost to Jesse Taylor, and then Taylor got cut because he was on drugs. Uh, but yeah, no, huge uh, props to Lima finally getting that freaking win. Because I want like, has he won in the UFC before? I think he. I think he has, but maybe like one. Yeah, he he won part. once against Jorge de Oliveira, all the way back in 2014. So, you know, it's been a while. Um, yeah, and he no, no, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say, and he got like, he got like a nice, like, definitive, like highlight win. Right. And Douglas doesn't have that on his resume. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, like, hey, uh, um, no whole like I feel bad for the priest because he looked pretty good up until that point. Like he, maybe a little reckless, but he's looked good at welterweight. It's just the the left hook, man. You got you got to guard against it. Got to move your head. Got to not fall for the bait and switch. He fell for it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's, life is a... Uh, think he's going to go back down to 55, or you, you think welterweight's kind of his... Uh, I, can, I can see him being talked into going back down by his team after two back-to-back stoppage losses in the first round. So, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I... Yeah, like, like you said, it wasn't a terrible performance. He just... He looked good until he wasn't looking. Until good. he was, yeah. until he lost the fight. Yeah. We said this last podcast, man. Sometimes you get caught. Like it just ain't nothing you can do. You get, you get caught. You get tagged, and you just wake up, and the fight's over. And that's just kind of is what it is. But um, nah. Shout out to Diego Lima, man. Highlight real finish. Does doesn't get much better than that. Uh, next fight. Um. Carlos Diego Ferreira and Kyle Nelson. Um, you know what's crazy is I wrote, <laughs> I wrote notes for this fight and I don't remember it in my head though. Like I can't picture anything I wrote down. Um, I'm just gonna read my notes and hope that I didn't lie. Um, so according to my notes, what happened in this fight is uh, Nelson got the better of the standing exchanges, landing good shots, and power combinations. And oh no no I do remember he caught Ferrer with a front kick that kind of kind of shook him up again it kind of shook him up a bit um, and then Ferrer I think ended up getting a takedown and then he ended on top he landed some good ground and pound and then second round Ferrer was like oh if I take you down you can't win so he took him down <laughs> uh, advanced till he got mount uh, Nelson gave up his back ate some ground and pound and he did not respond from the ground and pound wasn't a didn't really, like, move anywhere. It wasn't really, you know, intelligently defending himself. And Ferrero got a second-round TKO. Yep. Basically. <clears throat> uh, just, like, Nelson went out there and did his thing in the first round. Like, uh, hurt Ralph Ferreira a little bit. But, you know, just couldn't hold it. Like, he gassed hella quick, too. Like, they were talking up, like, he got this big win, like, a couple weeks ago. Like, he was still in shape, and then he gassed after, like, three minutes of fighting. So, that was funny. Uh, Life happens. Right, and um, apparently he has a following up there. He was in the, uh, they were talking about how he was getting, like, newspaper articles written about him and everything. So, either he's well-connected or he has a fan base. Um... But no, props to Fajardo picking up another win. Is he on like a run right now? Because it feels like it feels like everybody at lightweight's on a run right now. Uh, they're on a run and uh, oh yeah, he's a lightweight. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he's got three straight. He beat Alvin uh, Alvin Mercier, Jared Gordon, and now Kyle Nelson. I mean, his only losses are to Dustin Poirier and Benil Darius, which, like, no shame there. 
that's crazy just going on a run at lightweight is scary because <laughs> it's like you go on a run and it's like eventually i gotta fight a guy in the top 20 who's still a killer i mean eventually i have to fight that freaking tony ferguson yeah or khabib the rock that's right. a reward for all yeah, your that, hard work that is not a phone call i'm God bless everybody at 155, man. <laughs> a lot of those phone calls, I'm hanging up. I, I'm hanging up. Um, but nah, uh, good, good on Ferrer, man. Good, good performance from him. Uh, in the last fight of the evening, going back to 205, Devin Clark, Alexander Rochick. Devin um, Clark, man, the 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 number one. I'm winning the fight till I'm not fighter. At 205. Man, I I watched him in LFA, man. I've been rooting for him. I root for all the LFA guys. And it just... Ah! <laughs> it, just it just never... It never works out. Um, He is built like a linebacker. A short one, but yes. Yeah. Or, or actually, no, I'd say like a running back. Like He'd be a really sturdy running back. But, um... Nah, man, like, Clark came out aggressive, like, he, he came out immediately, threw a right, threw a right hand, and went, uh, transitioned that into a takedown, um, he, he leaped, he caught, a uh, Rochick with a leap and left, dropped him, um, he proceeded to land, um, 99 knees, but 98 of them were illegal. Yeah. <laughs> but, Hey, the ref didn't call him, so it is what it is. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that that was the thing that happened. Um, Rochick was uh, kind of working from distance, got off some leg kicks. Um, he tried to. <laughs> I, I guess this is. I, I guess this is kind of what happened. The finishing sequence was kind of wild. So like, Rochick was getting off leg kicks, and Clark tried to counter one of the leg kicks with a right hand, and he kind of like. He kind of like bull rushed, uh, kind of, <laughs> and in the process of him bull rushing, trying to get off this right hand, Rochick's catch him with this just straight up back fist, like it. It was so disrespectful. Like, <laughs> hey, and like this, this wasn't something like you could tell Rockage like did not plan this. This was clearly just a please, like Devin Clark, get the fuck off me move. Right, <laughs> like, like I see you trying to rush in. No, can you stop? And he just he threw a back fist, <laughs> slapped, <laughs> slapped poor Devin Clark. He tumbles like against the cage, like that. That back fist must have landed really hard because he he took a nice tumble, fell against the cage. Rochick's catching with a bunch of ground and pound. And we got a round one TKO on our hands. And just, like, you replay the fight, and it's like, man, Clark, like, you had it. Like, it was it was right there. Like, it was, it I was mean, it's there. always right there, though. <laughs> yeah, it, was there. it was there against Alex Nicholson. It was there against Jan Blahovich. It was there here, and then it was gone. Because that's how Devin Clark fights. Like, like, he's the guy who has to bat a thousand to win. Or else he's not winning. Oh my god! Is he is he alternating wins and losses, or is this a two fight? Uh, he won his previous fight, I believe. 
So he, okay. this is he's now alternating. Let's see. He is. Yeah, he's. Uh, he's. Uh, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss. Phase three for three in the UFC. Three and three in the UFC, I should say. This sucks. You know what? At 205, I'll take it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Any other division, I'm probably not so uh, thrilled, but I don't know. Two, 205, man. Yeah, whatever. You're always one punch away from winning a losing. One of them's Jan Blachowicz. What do you have to do? Yeah. Bulldog choking him on the fence. <laughs> But um, yeah, man, that I like Devin Clark, but Lord, just sometimes life just isn't. It's not kind. It's not kind at all. But yeah, uh, it's hard, man. Yeah, <laughs> this is cold, cold world, no snuggie out here. Um, but that was UFC 231. Um, and I mean from top to bottom, it's kind of crazy looking at this card. I didn't realize all of the Fox Sports One prelims were all decisions, but. This card for me didn't feel like it was like super long. I think it all evened out because like the fight pass prelims had a lot of finishes minus the Katona fight, and then the the prelims and the Fox Sports were all decisions. But then the main card got back to finishes again, or you had the one split decision. But like they, these were all even the fights that went to decision, like these were all entertaining fights. So. This card probably was long, but it didn't feel long to me. Like, I didn't feel like... It didn't feel like a task when I had to, like, rewatch right. this. I actually enjoyed rewatching this card. It was really fun. Um, so, no, nah, man. UFC 231, like, we're, we're getting close to the end of the year. We only got one more pay-per-view. Um, so, th- this is a, one of the stronger cards as of recent. Uh, I think this is one of the good ones that they'll be closing out on. And then we got, um, you know, Jones and, and Gus uh, coming up. Uh, I forgot what's the card we got coming up Saturday. We got on uh, Saturday. We have well, we have three cards this weekend. Oh, oh, four technically, because we got the Canelo um, fielding fight. But we also have uh, <clears throat> over in Bellator lands. We have Bellator two twelve and two thirteen. Two twelve will feature a title fight between sometimes fictitious Bellator lightweight champion Brett Primus. And Michael Chandler, a rematch of their really odd fight. Um, Bellator 213 will be happening the next day. It'll feature Illumile McFarland headlining a card in Hawaii versus Valerie Letourneau. And in the co-main event, you'll have Leo Machida making his Bellator um, debut fighting former middleweight champion Rafael Carvalho. And over in the UFC, we have the UFC's final Fox card. It will feature uh, Kevin Lee and Al Iaquinta having a rematch of their. What was what year was that? That was. Yeah, the 2014 scrap. God, that was only four years ago. Yeah, Kevin Lee was a Kevin Lee was a youngin. Yeah. Yeah, that was back when he was like really, he was really green. He was only 21, 22 years old. So that's going to be happening on Fox. It's also going to feature Dan Hooker, Edson Barboza, and Rob Font versus Sergio Pettis. So, 
plenty of scrap. Uh, I should also mention yeah. that Bellator uh, two twelve card on Friday will feature Frank Mir. He's going to be fighting Javier Ayala. Oh, and AJ Mickey Jr. There we go. There we go. <laughs> that's that's the name I want to see. I mean, <laughs> um, we got a couple of Gracies fighting on these cards too. We got Robson and Need. Uh, what was it Neiman? This one, but Neiman. one Neiman's fighting Ed Ruth on Saturday, and Hobson is fighting in his debut fight on um, Friday. There we go. So that means the welterweight uh, tournament is uh, that's the kickoff. Well, not the kickoff because the bracket already started, but the other side of the bracket right. will now be. Uh, I mean, the bra- the bracket's permanently frozen until Roy uh, McDonald can fix what's left of his face. That poor, poor man. I'm telling y'all, man, that upset is real. Oh, you know what I'm really upset about now that we're on Bellator? So Bellator booked another event for Ireland. And who is in the main event but James Gallagher? <laughs> Listen, man, we all we all know. That, that's why he's there. We know there. why he's there. But he just got knocked, the, like, knocked out in the first round of his last fight. Like... Come on, come on, guys. Have some type of, like, read the room. Read the room. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, man. They, they, they're, they're, milk, they're milking the cash cow. Oh, well, not call him a cash cow. But, w. Uh, Kaiser does look like a Nazi. He's American. <laughs> he's from Louisiana. Or, no, he's from Kansas. Why the hell did I say Louisiana? He's from Leavenworth, Kansas. That's uh oh I forgot the well pretty much pre- people knew but uh, John John Jones got his license uh, back at the uh, athletic commission. No really? You mean, yeah. you mean Nevada <laughs> isn't going to cut off their own fucking foot by not letting That's John that. Jones fight on on like the biggest pay per view weekend of the year? Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's that's the thing. Um, but nah, man, like, we're coming up to the end of the year, so we got, you know, we still got plenty more cards to, to cover, but we're, we're getting close to the end, so. We have the week off after this next week. Yeah. Christmas. And then, um, yeah, we got, we got Christmas, and then we got, um, Jones and, and Gus is the 20. Yeah, Ryzen the day after that. So I don't know what we're going to do for that. If we're going to wait, if we're going to just do two separate ones. Yeah, because we, we're going to do our 2017, you know, we'll have a Dojo Talk podcast award show. And we have um, a special guest. That'll probably actually, yeah, we'll have a guest on. And that'll be in 2019. That'll actually be that week. As of now, that's supposed to be the week we have that break, I think, after Christmas. That next week should be empty, I Yes. Think. Wait, 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 wait. So, the week after Christmas? Oh yeah, we have two, I think, we is have it the two week weeks after that. Uh, two or three. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, yes, yeah, so cool. So we'll have we'll have time to cover the rising and yeah, so those will probably be separate episodes. So rising and that last bunch of cards will probably be its own thing. And then we'll have the Dojo Talk podcast award show in one of those weeks. Uh we'll have a special guest on. And uh it'll be a fun time. So time. we'll close out the year strong and MMA's not gonna give us a break, so we'll pretty much be right back.
<laughs> I mean, the first card, like, like I said, I'm not doing that first card of the year for the UFC. Uh, I'll be there. You can talk about it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'm, I'm not even watching it out of pro, like, I'm not even calling it pro, this is just sick, so I'm not watching it. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll, I'll bite the bullet on that one. Uh, I'll figure out something. But, uh, yeah, year's coming to an end, but violence never stops, so we'll, we'll be there. But, uh, it's been a pretty long podcast. This is the one podcast where the news actually overshadowed the card. Like, we actually got through the card pretty fast, but the news was so much. Yeah. <laughs> People stopped doing stupid stuff. We wouldn't have to spend so much time talking about it. Stop getting deals on TNT and... Yeah. All of the crazy stuff. I don't stuff even know what the hell TNT has besides basketball. Right. <laughs> but that was uh that was UFC two thirty one. Pretty awesome card, so go give that a look. Um so as always, close the show with uh parting shots and shout outs. Uh so I have a couple of shout outs to get off. Uh I mean shout outs to one championship. Um they had a pretty strong 2018. Um, actually, their last card of the year was uh, last week also. Um, I can't remember the headline, but they had a nasty Muay Thai fight on there where there's a guy got uh, spammed with three straight right uppercuts until he died. It was really vicious. Um, but they uh, they had a pretty strong year, man, and 2019 looks like it could potentially be a big deal for them. So just shout-outs to one championship. I just love seeing other organizations not name the UFC. Like, making moves and improving. Trying. And, yeah, trying. Competition is good. It, it makes... We, we all win when there's competition. there's no union, so. competition's the next best thing, so... Right. So, shout-outs to them, man. I've I really been enjoying watching uh, their cards. I mean, their cards and just events this year. So, shout-out to one championship. Um, shout-outs to Cage Warriors. They had their 100th card on... I don't know if that was Friday or Saturday. Um... I didn't watch the entire card. I just watched the main event and co-main event, though I did not uh, write the co-main event down. But uh, they were both title fights. Uh, main event, uh, Jack Shore, who I want to say is undefeated, uh, defeated uh, Mike Ikundayo for the Bantamweight title. So shout-outs to him and shout-outs to Cage Warriors. You know, 100 cards, always a big deal. Um, like I said, I just I like watching other MMA organizations. Talent comes from everywhere. You never know who is going to be the next big thing and where they'll come from. So I, mean, I like to peek my head around. Yeah, and a lot of that depends on just who gets the right opportunities and who can afford to actually keep doing the sport because most people do it as a hobby. Yeah. So, you know, peek, peek your head around these other organizations, especially if you've got Fight Pass. Like, you have this at your disposal to watch all of these other organizations, and there's there's talent everywhere. So. You know, don't don't deprive yourself. So shout out to Cage Warriors for having their. What we're cards. saying is, go watch Super uh, Fight League. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Karate Combat been? Those guys have been quiet for a while. They're, they're, they're busy out here trying to you know prep themselves for an HBO deal. Now that boxing's gone, they're, tr- they're trying to find the next pit and Porsche that they can park in the 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 demo they're trying reel. to yeah they're trying to find the port where they can get a boat through. <laughs> just for, like they, they got the guy with the boat. They got the guys with the like the, the the Mustangs or whatever. Like next we need a guy with a helicopter, and then just need a dude landing a plane and walking. Off. 
Oh, we got it. We got to get. Have they been on a yacht? I mean, they got the guy in the boat. Nah, but we need like a, a super yacht. A submarine. Like, uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Karate Combat. Um, and shout out to HBO. Like I said, once again, man. You know, in, end of an era. Um, they they had a long run, a long a, a great run. It didn't end so well, but um, just like best of luck to everybody who just you know was there who on the broadcast team and uh, just everybody involved like that that's a tough thing to have to end after such a long time um so shout outs to them and uh shout outs to technical foul like i said uh be partnering up with those guys to uh, do, do these ufc pay-per-view articles so appreciate the opportunity and like i said go go live the go give them a listen if you uh you know fan of the nba nfl baseball wrestling give them a look and uh, I won't expand on my shot, but parting shot to the Washington Redskins for shining for signing Mark Sanchez. Um, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I hate the Redskins, but I wouldn't wish Mark Sanchez on anybody. Like nobody should have to go through that. My um, brother was telling me about that. Like the two guys oh, that were playing ahead of him got hurt. They both broke their legs. <laughs> <laughs> Both Alex Smith broke his fibula and Colt McCoy broke his fibula. Is it like a Tanya Harding situation where like Mark Sanchez's like girl just like kneecapped them and like uh, uh, um while they were coming off the practice field? Ah, uh, that's like, well, no. Um, what happened with? I forgot how Colt McCoy. Well, I didn't watch the Colt McCoy one. Um, but Alex Smith's injury was freaky because he broke his leg on the anniversary that Joe Theismann broke his leg back in the day. And they had, like, identical injuries. It's really freaky. But Mark Sanchez finessed them. Uh, I think he got a contract one year, $900,000. Mark Sanchez is terrible. <laughs> Mark Sanchez is literally one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in the NFL. How dare you when Tim Tebow was so recent? Oh, no, Tim Tebow's way better than Mark Sanchez. It's not close. <laughs> Tim Tebow never ran into his own offensive lineman's right. I mean, give him the chance. <laughs> like, so, I, I I don't want to bring up the whole Kaepernick thing, but I'm just saying. You're you're looking for a new quarterback. You got to choose between Colin Kaepernick and Mark Sanchez. You chose Mark Sanchez, and you chose Mark Sanchez. I'm gonna leave that there. Parting shot. Empty the clip. You guys are terrible, and you don't. You know why? I don't need to explain. You don't deserve the football. You don't. I, I, you don't I don't know what was going with that. I, I, I know shit no, about was football. Right. Did, they don't deserve the football. They should have took the ball away at halftime, and everybody should have won. <laughs> everybody should have retired <laughs> like that one guy. Right? <laughs> like everybody should have like you know what. I'm I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. The brain damage is but, worth um, this. Yeah, just go home. But uh, that's that's my parting shot. Oh, and, and shout out to Joey and Stokes who uh, both couldn't make it. Um, oh yeah, we didn't mention Stokes. <laughs> he, he lost five hundred. <laughs> shout out to Stokes who lost uh, he lost five hundred bucks betting on Brian Ortega. Um, yeah. I don't really know how to follow that up. This is why like you don't um, gamble. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is why I don't even like losing twenty dollars. If I lost five hundred, I would be. Can you imagine if this was like Brian Ortega was like winning the fight, <laughs> and then he just got and, like, and, and, and then he like trips. <laughs> like, he, like it's not even like Max Holloway's fault. Like 
Brian Ortega just trips and Max Holloway just follows him down and knocks him into like a rear naked choke and chokes him out. Oh, like imagine losing money like that way. That'd be tragic. Oh God. Oh Lord. I hope you're okay, Stokes. I hope. I hope you. Hope you. Hope you doing. I hope. I hope you're not hurting after that, Stokes. Yeah, that's that's that is a rough. I wouldn't have went outside for about a week. Just would have stared at a wall for a very long time. But that's that's all I got for uh for, for my parting shots. Um for shout out shout out to the um, <clears throat> shout out to the, the ladies over who fought on the uh the, the finale for HBO's boxing. Uh Cecilia Breakhouse, uh Alexandra Lopez, uh Carson Shields, like, you know. Um, it, it sucks it's on the last last card, but yeah, that that's an that's yeah you, know, you you get to be part of the closing of a legacy. So shouts to them for you know managing that. Um, yeah, shot. Uh, it's been a while since since we recorded last, and the the landscape of social media has changed quite a bit. So um. And in particular, in our small realm, where most of our listeners probably stem from. Oh, yeah. Man. So, um, shots at Tumblr. It's not even shots. Tumblr took the gun from my hand and shot themselves in the face. <laughs> like, they, they just didn't have, like, not, like, but not up in the brain. Like just like in the back of the throat, like they weren't brave, like brave enough to just pull the put trigger and just end it all. Um, so, talk about not knowing why people come to your website. <laughs> like, I, 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 I very rarely leave the little bubble that is the combat sports community on Tumblr. Like, I'm not hyperactive in it in terms of, like, talking with everybody, but I'm always, like, reading people's stuff and, like, you know, looking at, uh, like, technical breakdowns and stuff. But even I know that's not why most people come to Tumblr. So, why? Yeah. Like, It's like you took all of your. <laughs> I'm uh, like this just reeks of like somebody like, and th- there were more than a couple like conspiracy theories and other bull, um, but not even not, not like bull like, yeah they got taken down from the Apple Store because like apparently there was child porn on the website which we all knew and were constantly harassing Tumblr to, you know, do something about. And then the Tumblr came back with the decision, okay, so there's child porn and there's porn bots. So what we're going to do is we're going to ban all porn from the website. Problem solved. Yep. Except now that there's still porn on the website. (laughs) And their weird marking system is affecting literally everybody except maybe the the actual porn bots. Yeah, they're, they're flagging stuff that isn't even, like... I posted a picture of uh, uh, Roosevelt uh, Roosevelt Roberts choking, who was it, Daryl Horcher, 
so badly that he went sideways, and it got flagged. <laughs> Joey linked us to his um to to uh, that that MMA simulator game, the manager game, and that mm. got flagged. Jesus. Oh uh, my! Like, if we're not like, if for whatever reason, like Tumblr faithful, if we're not on Tumblr as of December eighteenth, I think, like December seventeenth or eighteenth, it's not of our own volition. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we were forced off the island. We got kicked in the nuts pretty damn hard. So yeah. my suggestion to you all. Like the Facebook. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but follow me on Twitter. <laughs> That's GZ Zeus. G as in, I don't know, garbage. C as in cat. Zeus as in Hercules' dad from the movie Hercules. <laughs> oh my god. You poor people. But yeah, so. more, more importantly, go like the Facebook. Yeah, we're, we're we're on social media. So if if Tumblr takes the nosedive and all you guys jump ship, like you can follow us on Twitter. Yep. Um, SoundCloud page is always. I'll up. probably um, make a thing about it like sometime this week. Like you know, you can follow us here. Yeah, we'll do a blast. Because, yeah, the Tumblr guys have, if you've been listening from Tumblr, you've pretty much been down since, like, day one. It's kind of like where all of this even started. Um, so, yeah, we we definitely want to keep you guys around because y'all have been, like, the core fan base. So, um, yeah, if, if you jump ship from Tumblr, like I said, we're both on Twitter. I'm at Serial Sensei. You got the Dojo Talk podcast Facebook page. You got the email um, I actually have been pondering. I'm probably going to end up making a... I don't know if it'll be my Instagram or just a Dojo Talk Instagram. Either one of those two I've been pondering, and I think I'm pretty much going to do it. So that'll... I'll, I'll probably... I'll try to do that before Tumblr implodes. Um, I'll try to make that a thing so you, you guys can have that. But yeah, we're, we're on other social media platforms. So if you jump ship... And I actually have had a couple people from Tumblr follow me already. So I guess they're bracing for... Uh, they're bracing for departure. But, um, yeah. We hope you guys stay around, though. Tumblr's... Whack. Yeah. They they literally took all of their fan base and just threw them overboard. And they they don't know what they're doing, but that's pretty... My other, my, my, I, I want to give the people who actually work at Tumblr, like, like, like the actual, like... I, I'm not even gonna... I'm not even sure what you call them. Like, coders and, like, management team. I want to say they know what's going to happen the actual staff is knows what's going to happen but like yeah it's upper, upper management, management gonna... verizon like whoever's like is just like no you have to do this because like and, and there are a couple reasons i see floating around besides like the all um we're going to get rid like the, the 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 apple store thing i saw like a whole thing about like the law and like uh, a whole thing about like a recent law that passed that like is really affecting all these tech companies and these social media companies. Um, point being, nobody knows how to run a social media site. I I don't know what where I'm going after this. Like, 
Yeah, you can catch me on, like I said, you can catch me at GC Zeus on Twitter. Um, but, I don't know. Maybe a WordPress or Blogspot or whatever the hell it's called. There'll, there'll, there'll be ways to reach out to us. We're, we're, we're out here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't write enough um, to get warrant a actual blog with words. We'll make sure you guys keep in contact. We're 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 in enough places that you can find right. us. We are we're not so hard we'll, to find. All right. The, the the doors of the dojo are always open. <laughs> they're, all, they're always there. That's why the mats are so grimy. <laughs> Food on the floor. <laughs> Occasional person just sleeping on the floor. We just let them stay there. We don't, we don't, we don't say anything. Hey, what are we going to say? He's like half our audience. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening man uh, it's been another episode of the dojo talk podcast um subscribe to all social medias you know send questions in all that good stuff but man we, we appreciate you guys for listening and as always anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face we will be there to talk about it and until next time we will catch you guys later